0: It's 32 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. Former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum is suggesting students learn CPR to prepare for school shootings instead of protesting gun laws. On CNN's State of the Union, Santorum said students should not look for someone else to pass laws in their favor. Instead, he suggested they find out what they can do to deal with gun violence when it strikes. Locally, an estimated 30,000 people participated in Saturday's march. Dozens are dead after a fire in a shopping mall. In Russia reports say as many as 60 people may have lost their lives in the Siberian Mall when that blaze broke out yesterday. Local broadcasts show people jumping from mall windows trying to escape. Authorities have not revealed a cause of the fire. Holy Week is underway. It started yesterday with Palm Sunday. The Sunday prior to Easter commemorates Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Many Christian worship services included a procession of faithful carrying palms to represent the palm branches. The crowd scattered in front of Jesus as he rose into Jerusalem. Most believe Jesus' ride into Jerusalem took place about a week prior to the resurrection. A scientist from Washington University believes we will have the technology to read minds by 2038. Dr. Eric Luthart says he is confident that in about 20 years, humans will be able to get brain transplants that connect the brains to the internet Allowing them to share information with others. So instead of surfing the internet for blogs and news, we'll be surfing other people's brains. Which I don't really want to know what's in there. I don't
1: there. think that's a uh, yeah. I don't think that's a great trend to, uh, to to kick off there. However, could they if they could transfer that kind of ability in your brain? Couldn't they tell your brain to stop your body from aging?
0: Um, I don't know. Does Couldn't the brain sp- control aging? Can
1: it speed up? It releases things that...
0: The hormones? Yeah. Maybe.
1: Couldn't it stop or tell the brain to concentrate on healing certain things? Stop
0: eating so much? Stop smoking? Stop doing drugs?
1: Or... Um, stop
0: being an a-hole?
1: Yeah, all of that. <laughs> all of it.
0: Well, uh, here is a feel-good story to start the day. Eleven-year-old Frank Senicola of Wesley Chapel, Florida, learned how to turn hunks of wood into beautiful handmade pens, and he's using that skill to raise money for charity. Earlier this year, he founded his own company called Frank's Pens, and he's been spending two hours every day in his garage working his lathe to create the pens. Each handmade pen sells for 15 bucks, and for every pen sold, he donates $5 to charities that help veterans. In his first month in business, he made 76 pens and hopes to continue growing his business in order to keep sending donations to veterans' organizations. There is a new number one film at the box office. Pacific Rim Uprising earned an estimated $28 million in its first weekend in theaters in the U.S. and Canada which knocks Black Panther from the top spot. Didn't Sean Collier say that that will be a trivia question someday? Yes.
1: What movie? Pacific
0: Rim, because he suspected that this would happen. The Disney Marvel superhero thriller came in second with nearly $17 Black Panther has made over $690 million in North America just in the past six weeks. Rounding out the top five are the Faith-Based Movie, I Can Only Imagine, followed by Sherlock Gnomes and Tomb Raider. Slash, featuring Miles Kennedy and The Conspirators, are set to release their third studio album this fall. The group is currently in the studio with producer Michael Elvis-Basquette, who is known for his work with Alter Bridge, Incubus, and Iggy Pop, as well as the band's 2014 album, World on Fire. The band is expected to announce a major North American tour in the near future as well. Meanwhile, Slash says Guns N' Roses will be headlining European festivals this summer as part of their Not In This Lifetime tour. And ACDC reports Reportedly working on a new studio album with Slash's bandmate Axel Rose. British sources are quoting Angry Anderson, who's uh, the front man for Rose Tattoo, confirming that. Angus and Axel are currently writing new material together. Axel began performing live with ACDC in twenty sixteen after former frontman Brian Johnson announced his retirement due to hearing loss or he was kicked out of the band depending on who you believe. Right. Meanwhile, Guns N' Roses uh, again getting ready to hit the road for their not in this uh, continuation of the not in this lifetime tour. Sunny and breezy, a little bit warmer today. Low 50s for the high. It's 32 at DVE.
1: It is the DVE morning show, and Sid the Kid does it once again. An amazing game against the Flyers it's yesterday.
0: With it, trying to pull
2: the trigger, leaves it now for Schultz instead. On to Crosby, muscles up, going towards the net, shoots the puck, scores for <laughs> Sidney Crosby, walks right through the Flyers and does it all, and the Penguins have the lead, four to three. No, oh, tell your ma, tell your pa, I'm going to send you back to Arkansas. The Pens captain sparkling to give the Penguins the advantage.
1: Amazing. Once again, Sid, the kid comes through, and then in overtime gets the winner. Uh, well, Bru- uh, Brian Russ does, but uh, set up by uh, Sidney Crosby, and the uh, Pens get out of there the with the W got yesterday. Got the motor
2: going. It drops it off to Crosby. Enters the Flyers in there, backing away. Crosby down the left side, but can't turn and make a play. You now turns and passes the puck over to Glatting. High slot, stop by Morazic. Rebound. Pause. He shoots and scores on a long range shot. It's in front. Might have been touched on the way in. And the Penguins have won this game by the score of five to four. And ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. Ryan Russ may have touched that puck in around the goal.
1: Ah, well, Ringo's the oldest. How great is that? And you know he's going to live the longest. Like I was saying the other day, there's no way Ringo doesn't live the longest, and then he just lies and says he did everything. He <laughs> was all well, me, really.
0: He's got an awesome hot wife.
1: He does. He's And, like, he's the happiest guy on the yeah. face of the earth.
0: Tours every year, Coming back to, to go on a tour again.
1: Yeah, coming back to Pittsburgh, right, Val?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: I think they uh, announced that late last week, so. What the hell's the name of his touring outfit?
0: The All Star Band. The All Star Band. Here I go in his All Star Band.
1: Uh, Bill Crawford out today. Uh, he'll be out all week. Actually, he's on vacation, but he got to do a pretty cool uh, gig with Kathleen Madigan. He's opening for her now. These days at the Eastern Theater, sold out show at the Eastern Theater on the uh, other side of the state over there. Uh, so uh, he's going uh, out west with his family. So good for him. Mike will be in. Mike Pursuta has your sports pens yesterday with a uh, with a win. Sucks that they let them get that point back at the end.
0: Still, isn't every, I feel like every late season Sunday afternoon game against the Flyers is always awesome. Yes. I, why? I don't know why that is.
1: I don't know either. I mean, typically because the playoff structure is in the balance. Yeah. But Sidney Crosby being the reason why they lost the last two games is one of the sweetest things. For those who are worried. Although I shouldn't get too ahead of myself, I was going to say because we were like eager to have the Eagles win and beat the Patriots, and we were worried. Well, you're just rooting for Flyers fans in different jerseys. Well, <laughs> uh, you know they they still have had their comeuppance when it comes to facing number eighty-seven for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mike on Sid's fantastic game <laughs> yesterday. When we come back, D-V- DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta is back. He's got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, and Sid. The kid, they're calling it Vintage Sid. I like that. Yeah. Like a a wine.
3: A lot of people excited about what Sidney Crosby was able to do against the Flyers yesterday. It was a back-and-forth affair at PPG Arena between the Penguins and the Flyers, but early in the third period, Sidney Crosby gave the Penguins the upper hand.
2: Gets Kensel with it, trying to pull the trigger, and leaves it now for Schultz instead. On to Crosby, muscles up, going towards the net, shoots the puck, scores! Sidney Crosby walks right through the Flyers and does it all, and the Penguins have the lead, 4-3. No, oh, tell your ma, tell your pa, I'm going to send you back to Arkansas. The Ben's captain, Sparkling, to give the Penguins the advantage.
3: Penguins held that advantage into the final minute of the third period, but the Flyers weren't done yet.
2: Voracek looking. Look for connecting in front. Couldn't get it to him. It comes to Giroux, sets it up. Gossage bare Pull it, Sean. Save. Rebound. Fired. Score around the net. It's Couturier, I think, who got the goal. He got that puck around to the left of Murray, and the Flyers have tied it with 42.6 seconds to go. Sean Couturier with his 31st.
3: Ah. Your old dreaded extra attacker goal, and it stayed tired, tied. Excuse me, until overtime. That's when. Crosby and Brian Rust untied it.
2: Latang's got the motor going. He drops it off to Crosby. Enters the Flyers in there backing away. Crosby down the left side, but can't turn and make a play. Now turns and passes the puck over to Latang. High slot stop by Morazic. Rebound. Crosby shoots and scores on a long range shot. It's in front. Might have been touched on the way in, and the Penguins have won this game by the score of five to four. And ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. Brian Russ may have touched that buck in around the goal.
3: Yeah, Brian Russ did tip that one by relief goaltender Peter Mrazek, and the Penguins beat the Flyers 5-4. The Penguins sweep the Flyers on the season series, and the Penguins stay ahead of the Flyers in the Metropolitan Division race, which, as of this morning, features the Capitals on top with 95 points in 75 games. The Penguins have 92 in 76 games. The Columbus Blue Jackets and Flyers both have 89 points in 76 games. So three points of separation for the Penguins between second place and third place. And don't count out New Jersey at 86 points in 76 games. The Penguins are at Detroit on Tuesday. They're at the Devils on Thursday. They host Montreal on Saturday night. And they've got the Caps here on Sunday afternoon. And hopefully by then, all this playoff stuff will be sorted out because there's only two weeks left in the season. Could uh, could fall any number of ways right now for yes, the Penguins. it could. I think it's going to fall that they're second, but you never know. Still kind of an uneven uh, performance yesterday. Uh, they're not playing great all of a sudden. The first two periods were not... Uh, finding ways to get points, and that's uh, at least they did yesterday.
1: They were no... What, what was the cower line? No, no Mozart. No Mozart, yeah
3: didn't look that good. Or apparently sound, sound that, that good. good. But they're still 7-2-2 in their last uh, 11 and uh, 24-9-3 since January the
1: 1st. Well, if Sid's woken up a little bit. Yeah.
3: Just they're giving up a lot of quality chances all of a sudden.
1: Odd man rushes. Yeah,
3: even when they're not giving up a lot of shots. And yesterday they did both. They gave up a lot of shots and they gave up a lot of quality scoring chances. I thought Murray was outstanding. Uh, I thought the forwards were real disinterested in doing anything to help out in the defensive end, and they got can't, burned. You can't do that right now. You can't do that. No, no, never, never. No. <laughs> um, but well, the, find a way to win. So,
1: I guess, apparently, all you have to do to beat the Flyers is score five. That's it.
3: You score five, yeah. you're going to win. Penguins seem to score on those guys. And I can see why. Honestly, He's, the Crosby goal, did you think Couturier just gave up on it? Like, he didn't defend him at all? He, he watched him go around in a circle and just uh, watched them skate I think right he gained, him
1: skate right by I think he gained position yeah. a lot quicker than you, gotta than try you realize. H- you got to try harder than that, though, don't you? And I think
3: he just, I don't, you know. The, the, those, I think he said ah, it.
1: Those beast legs yeah. holding you off. I don't know how much you can do other than swing around and. I saw that. Know. I
3: thought that was a horrible defensive play more than it was a magic offensive play, but it ended uh, up in the net. Nelson. Sid has a way of making people look horrible. He does, he does. Kevin Colbert does not. No, but uh,
1: I don't want to say puzzling <laughs> words from Kevin, but words that you could parse, I guess, to one meaning or another. It's
3: talking about Le'Veon or Martavis Bryant. Le'Veon. Okay, because what he said about Le'Veon. Negotiations for that long-term deal, which they've been trying to get done for a year and a half and hasn't happened, those are tabled. Okay. Colbert speaking at the uh, the NFL annual meeting, the owner's meeting in uh, Orlando, Florida. Uh, Says Colbert, quote, we're not intentionally ignoring that. It's just that more urgent business needs to be taken care of. So on one hand, they really don't want to stop talking about a deal that has not come to fruition for a year and a half. But they have to because they got the draft and free agency and other stuff. So they have till
1: June sixteenth to wrap that one up. July. July sixteenth yeah. to wrap that one up. Which they will not. No, because and, and
3: repeat last year and uh, on we go.
1: But that's where the interesting part comes in because he says the draft may affect it one way or another. He
3: does on both sides. On both sides. And those are his words. On both sides. The draft can change things on both sides. Now people were quick to point out I read
1: two different accounts of that. And both had the same, I don't know if he said uh, off the record, hey, just to let you know what I meant by that, but they both seemed to say that what he was uh, intimating there was not that uh, they might draft somebody that would affect whether or not they want to keep levy on Bell past one more year. Uh, What he was saying there is uh, that it might be
3: able to uh, free them up cap space-wise. Because they'll be drafting people and have to give them money. Right. Which will give them less cap room. Either way, it doesn't <laughs> sound good for Lev Bell to me. No, nah, it's you know, they gotta I don't think they're gonna draft a guy in the third or fourth round and say we don't want Le'Veon Bell anymore. They they have clearly made it clear made it obvious that they want him long term, but right. it's just as obvious that I don't think that's ever gonna happen. No because of his um running back and wide receiver demands. So he's gonna play one more year. It's going to work out like it did last year in terms of the timing of when he is available. And then next year, they're not going to franchise because it would be $25 million, And that'll reach the breaking point.
1: Right. Well, you can't do that. So that's why you, you have do. to have the long-term in place if you're going to keep Levy on Bell. And that's a big
3: if. I was conversely, uh, my interest peaked when he talked about Martavis Bryant uh, vis-a-vis a potential trade, which Colbert has said they're not trading Bryant. He's not on the block. Uh, he told Missy Matthews yesterday, quote, Martavis is with us. There may be increases that come along, but right now, Randall, right now, right now, we have no intention of trading him. Now, if you throw the right now in there, <sighs> you don't have to. You could just say we have no. There may be increases that come right. along, but we have no intention of trading him. He threw in the right now qualifier, which means to me, hey guys, here's you. You know the number. Give me a call. Anybody want this pain in the arse? What do we get? I'm not sure, man. I'm not so sure. Yeah. I think he is inviting
1: discussion. I'm not so sure
3: anybody would want him is my point. Particularly leading into the draft. Hey, you want to trade places in the first round or second round? We'll give you Mark Davis and maybe another pick. Does, like, that get it, does that get it done? Just flipping places will do it.
1: Who yeah. knows? I, I
3: think he's open to discussion.
1: Right. I'm going to interpret that. I would also imagine
3: that at this point in his career, because you don't need, again, you don't need the right now. You just say we're not trading them. We don't. We're not going to do it right now. Stacey, so right now we don't plan on it. You know how that goes. Yeah, but he always leaves room.
1: He always. Got to. He always. It's he prudent. is never a never guy.
3: Prudent. Yeah, don't put yourself into a corner. That's what you know, Kevin Colbert. Leave a little wiggle room. Is, I, I think uh, something could around. happen with that guy around the draft because I think there are not so many inside linebackers that they can feel comfortable. One's going to fall all the way. Yeah, so they may have to uh, get a little
1: proactive, doing a little uh, finagling, as it were. Well, the one thing I thought was interesting is that when asked about what's the plan if he doesn't show up till week ten, he basically said, "I'm going
3: to play the first nine weeks." Yeah,
1: there is no plan.
3: <laughs> we're hoping he doesn't do that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you draft a guy, if, especially if you find one you really like, you know, third roundish. Sure. Uh, you do that because it would make you better this year, but you have to plan on him not being on the team next year at this point.
1: In 2019. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And if you're going to do that, then, you know, why not have the guy around in case you need him the first nine weeks of 2018?
1: Right. Well or in
3: case he gets hurt or suspended, <clears throat> which he's done both. Was James Conner a, a third-rounder? Fourth, I think. Fourth?
1: When he's coming off knee surgery. I don't think he's the guy. Just signed Fitz Toussaint. No, but he I don't he, think he, he could he be part of a committee. He could be
3: part of it. I don't think he's the, the guy guy.
1: But, and so we're a month from the
3: debate, or debate, from the draft? In uh, April. Okay. So maybe a little bit more. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, this is the end of March. Yeah, man. it's the end of March. Stay twenty-six. Twenty-six, buddy. Yeah, we're about a month from the draft. Yeah. Yes, we are. Where did the time go, Red? Where did the time go? Seems like just yesterday we were wrapping up that crap against Jacksonville.
1: <sighs> and by wrapping up, you mean
3: packing up. <laughs> How do you have to lose 45 to 42. Crying out loud. do over Kansas, Michigan, and Loyola, Chicago, your final four.
1: Glad to see Kansas hold off Duke. And glad to see Grayson Allen miss the... Uh, I guess,
3: And I guess Duke doesn't get every call. Oh, the charge? Because, boy, they got effed on that. Too bad.
1: Maybe it put... You know, the worm finally turned. Now you know how that feels. Yeah. That face. <laughs> Val's got news coming up top of the hour.
0: Well, it seems people who work in marijuana dispensaries like to get high at work. We'll talk about it coming up. Sunny, breezy, low fifties today. It's thirty-six at DVE. Oh,
1: I've been in those places, and they definitely get high at work. The people, the bud tenders, are hilarious. <laughs> They're very well informed. They know what's going on, but they are not the quickest to get. If you're not, <laughs> if you're, if you're in a hurry, sometimes that's not your place. Also, the Stormy Daniels interview on 60 Minutes last night. We'll have the greatest hits. I said hits from Stormy
4: Daniels.
1: (laughs) Coming up. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Val Porter hanging out with me right now. Jack White, the great Jack White. Who doesn't love Jack White? The thing I like about Jack White is that uh, he, you know, he can be a little bit heavy-handed sometimes, sure. Sometimes uh, he looks uh, to be a little too, um, oh boy, what's the word? Trying too hard, you know, to be like different artistic kind of guy. Uh, He's always trying to do different things with his career. So I pretty much like what he does. I do also like that he has a nemesis because Dan Auerbach from <laughs> the Black Keys is his nemesis. Make no mistake about oh, it. Because so funny. First of all, White Stripes. That's his band. <laughs> he comes out, he's like, ah, White Stripes, and it's a two-person band. Guitar, drums. He's the creative director. It's basically his thing. It's like a solo act with a cool drummer, a cool aesthetic about it. And then uh, down the road, a uh, hundred and 50 miles or 200 miles, whatever it is, from uh, Detroit. Maybe it's a little longer than that, Detroit to Akron. In Akron, there's a guy who he goes, hey, you ever see the White Stripes? Why don't we do the same thing? We'll call it the Black Keys. (laughs) Wasn't that a lot like the White Stripes? Nah, yeah, who cares? We're the Black Keys. It's not the same thing, completely different. And then that guy starts writing songs that are these blues-based garage rockers that sound like what the White Stripes are doing. And then they get big and start putting out all of this sort of uh, commercialized version of that Mm -hmm. with an attempt at making hit songs by fleshing out the arrangements and stuff. And then he does and he becomes a big star. And what does he do? He moves to Nashville, right where Jack White had been living (laughs) and starting a community. So now Jack White's like, are you kidding me? This guy moved here, too? Now he's going to be in my town? (laughs) This sucks. It gets worse. He moves his kids into the same school as Jack White's kids. And then he's like, "Ah, I hate the black keys. This guy is copying everything I do. So he writes an email to his wife, and he's like, get our kids out of there. What do you do? I don't want my kids going to school with this guy's kids. I don't want to have to look at him at PTA meetings. Uh, you know, he's PTA stealing PTA meetings. I don't know what they're called. He's like, you know, he's stealing my music, my aesthetic, and he's My put, vibe. My vibe. My essence. And every time I turn on the TV now, there's a watered-down version of one of my songs that he has uh, ripped off and sold to Domino's <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. And then those emails became public and everybody found out about it. And I love these so...
0: bitchy fights between rock stars.
1: It is funny. But the one thing I think that Jack White has got right is this, I want people to live in the moment thing. Yeah. No cell phones at a Jack White show.
0: Well, see, maybe you'll allow them the first five minutes. So people can say, hey, I'm at the Jack White show and then pay attention. Not filming the entire show okay
1: yeah well he uh said no photo there's a decree when buying your tickets for his upcoming tour um i don't know how he's going to do this on the Uh, festival circuit
0: i don't know how he's going to do it at all
1: no photos video or audio recording devices allowed we think you'll enjoy looking up from your gadgets for a little while and experience music and our shared love of it in person now, those who bring your phones to the show, they lock them away in yonder pouches while they're in the venue. Joe, are yonder pouches like, um, are they something you keep on your person or something you hand in like a coat check?
0: It's probably like, remember when Bill said know? they went to, was it Chris Rock?
1: Yeah, they had a coat check. like
0: Yeah, like you left your phone in a bag at the door.
4: Yeah,
1: there you go. All right. So this thing, I think it like charges your phone too or something stupid Ooh. like that, crazy like that. Um, but white did an interview with the Toronto sun recently and defended the band. I uh, he said, Hey, nobody uses their cell phones at movies or church or the symphony. I want people to live in the moment. And it's funny. The easiest way to rebel is to tell people to turn off their phones. I was hoping it'd be more of an art project. I wanted to surprise people. I thought it'd be great if people showed up and they found out right when they got there that these were the pouches for the phones. I thought it would excite them and possibly make some of them upset. But it's funny. I go to the movies. Everyone turns up the phone. You go to the symphony. There's no phones. Churches, no phones. Jack White goes to church? I don't know. Uh, he probably does. He probably just wants to make the guy from the Black Keys go to church. <laughs> he's like, let me see if he's going to go to my church, too. He does the handshake peace and turns around and it's Dan box. Not just, for you. Just, Hello. He said, "These are all. there's all these places where it's already happening. No phones. So let's try a rock and roll concert and see what happens. I want people to live in the moment. If your I'm phone not, is that important to you, and you can't live without it for two hours, and I don't know, maybe it's time to see a therapist. I agree with him.
0: Yeah, I'm not totally against the idea. I just don't know how you enforce it.
1: He was talking about it on the Conan O'Brien show a few years ago. We
0: tried that the last tour uh, when we started. I, I, I asked if we could do the, uh, go out and talk to the crowd and say, would you
5: please just not take your phones out? Let's just enjoy this with our eyes and ears. And, and, and people said,
1: people are going to get upset, and people are going to mad, and we tried it and people loved it. People applauded when we asked them for that. It's like they applauded and all everyone as a, as a mob agreed. You know, we, we don't like this idea, this practice. Because I think it's distracting for the people in the back who are trying to really watch.
5: And you see a sea of blue screens in front of them, between yeah. them and the artist.
1: I, uh, I'm of mixed emotion in this. I'm all for the idea that let's live in the moment. Um, I also think it's cool that if an artist says, hey, I don't want everybody to see what they're walking into. We're going to try something different. This show might look a little different. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. And as much as I love that idea, I'd also be like I'd be jonesing to share a picture of it because now I am so conditioned. And I used to blame it on work and say, well, I have to take pictures where I am. We're doing stuff to share because that's what we're supposed to do, you know, for work. But now, that's not true. You know, now I just now I want to get, you know, like, hey, check out where I am and do some sort of cyber brag, you know, the humble brag.
0: Well, does it turn into a safety issue, too? Because now, I mean, look what happened in Vegas or in Paris
1: to not have your to phone? not
0: have your phone to call nine one one. It's
1: a great point. It's a great point. You know, we did it for years before cell phones showed up and nobody had a phone in their pocket. But things are different now, aren't they? A little bit. It's a crazier world. Uh, It remains to be seen whether or not Jack White will make it through this whole tour without people being super pissed. But I know (laughs) there are are some
0: bananas on stage. (laughs) That would be so because he's going
1: to see people with their phone. We're going to have snuck one in (laughs) and he's going to lose it. It's going to be Dan Arbach sitting there filming it. (laughs) He's like, he's recording all my stuff to copy it. (laughs) Jack White is like, this is a new one. And he plays it. Dan Auerbach records it the next day. It's a Papa John's commercial. (laughs) Val has your news coming up here in a little bit. What do you got, Valerie?
0: Working in a noisy environment is bad for your heart, and people who work in the pot industry like to get high.
1: Yeah, I thought that one was... uh, A given. uh, Understood, Yeah. as they say. Hey, I want to remind you, I'm going to be taking part in the Are You Smarter Than a Crossroads Scholar event, April 7th. So in Carnegie from 7 to 10. Uh, Me and uh, a few other folks, I know Alista Sylvester from Channel uh, 11 and uh, Emilio from uh, Azazu, downtown. Emilio, he's he's like a local celebrity guy there, uh, and, and what a sweetheart he is. These guys... Uh, And myself and one other person I think maybe Lynn Hayes Freeland Does that sound right? Yeah Four celebs they say But eh, I don't think I'm a celeb I think they screwed up They're each going to pair That's me With one of the Crossroads Scholars The winning student will win $500 The college survival package So I think what it is I get to uh, I get to help him I don't have to go against not I I thought
0: you were going head to head That's what I thought are you sure?
1: No, maybe I am going against him. I was maybe wishful <laughs> thinking there. But the show is going to be interactive. You can actually play from your seat. You can be the phone, uh, a friend option for the people on stage. Go to CrossroadsFoundation.org. Learn about the great work they do for uh, kids who who are unable to have the financial means to get a better education. These guys, a Catholic-based charity, they make it happen. CrossroadsFoundation.org. And uh, I'll see you in Carnegie on April 7th at follows. Also, the guy who built the rocket in his backyard and claimed the Earth was flat, he's been yapping for a long time while he finally launched this weekend. And the results? Well, they're staggering, Val. The best of Stormy Daniels. Interview on 60 Minutes when we come back. DVE.
0: 32 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. Well, in her long-awaited interview on CBS's 60 Minutes, porn star Stormy Daniels talked about her relationship with Donald Trump. Here she is basically talking about why she's talking.
5: Oh, oh now you would be fine. For sitting here talking to me today, you could be fined a million dollars. I mean, aren't you taking a big risk? I am. I guess I'm not 100% sure on why you're doing this.
6: Because it was very important to me to be able to defend myself.
5: It's part of talking... Wh- Wanting to set the record straight? 100%. Why does the record need to be set straight?
6: Um, Because people are just saying whatever they wanted to say about me. I was perfectly fine saying nothing at all. But I'm not okay with being made out to be a liar or people thinking that I did this for money. And people are like, "Oh, you're an opportunist, you're taking advantage of this. Yes, I'm getting more job offers now. But tell me one person who had turned down a job offer making more than they've been making, doing the same thing that they've always done.
1: Yeah. I'm guessing she's talking about getting more porn work there.
0: Yeah, well, she's... I mean, I don't know if she did it before, but she's doing a lot of strip clubs now.
1: Okay. Which...
0: Which I guess they do that. Porn stars do strip. I think... I mean, it's less than they do normally, so... (laughs)
1: That's true. That is their. uh, That's a little bit easier. work. That's like getting a fighter, getting paid to just work out.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, Here she is talking about the interesting way their encounter
6: began. He's like, uh, have you seen my new magazine? He was showing you his own picture on the cover of the magazine. Right. And so I was like, does this, does this normally work for you? And he looked very taken, taken back. Like, he didn't really understand what I was saying. Like, I was just, you know, talking about yourself normally work? And I was like, someone should take that magazine and spank you with it. And I'll never forget the look on his face.
5: And he was what, like... What was the look?
6: Just, I don't think anyone's ever spoken to him like that. Especially, you know, a young woman who looked like me. And I said, you know, give me that. And I just remember going, you wouldn't. Hand it over. And, uh... So he did, and I was like, turn around, drop him.
5: You told Donald Trump to turn around and take off his pants? <laughs> yes. And did he?
6: Yes. So he turned around and pulled his pants down a little. And, you know, He had underwear on and stuff, and, and I just gave him a couple swats.
5: This was done in a joking manner?
6: Yes. And uh, from that moment on, he was a completely different person.
1: Uh, <laughs> so our president pulled his pants down. At a golf tournament. Well, he, he wasn't spanked, the president then. Got spanked by a porn star. I, yeah, before he was president. Um, all I can picture is just oversized tiny whities yeah, yeah, like just,
0: way just dad, tiny whities
1: Huge orange ass he has <laughs> popping out.
0: Uh, she told Anderson Cooper, now this is something weird that he seems to do because he did this with the Playboy model.
6: All of them. From that moment on, he was a completely different person. How so? He quit talking about himself and he asked me things and I asked him things and it just became like, you know, more appropriate. Became more comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, wow, you you are special. You remind me of my daughter. You know, uh, he's like, you're smart, beautiful, and a woman to be reckoned with. I like you. I like you.
0: Which is also... He also told Karen McDougal, I think is her name. She was the Playboy Bunny. And he said, you remind me of my daughter.
1: So he said, while sitting next to his daughter on a talk show, that if she wasn't his daughter, he would date her. He has said that many times. He tells all the women that he has sex with outside of his marriage that they remind him of his daughter, and that doesn't bother anybody. It's
0: very weird. He wants to
1: have sex with his daughter. It's very
0: strange.
1: Or at least he's talking as if he does.
0: Anderson Cooper asked if Donald brought up his wife at all.
5: Melania Trump had recently given birth to to a son just a few months before. Did he mention his wife or child at all in this?
6: I asked, and he brushed it aside, said, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, don't worry about that. We don't even, we have separate rooms and stuff.
1: <laughs> That's in Probably Melania's contract. But you're right. She's like, I need to have a separate room. I cannot be around that guy. I mean, I always have to spank him with his own magazine. <laughs> it's very, very strange. Uh, you know, um... It strikes me as troubling that the spanking story seems to be like he revealed a weakness there. So now I'm worried when negotiating any big deal with a world leader they can just offer to spank him <laughs> with his, the time magazine that he faked being on the cover of and he's like all right but just once and then pulls his pants down drop him in the middle of some summit gets <laughs> spanked and then he, and then all of a sudden he's a different I mean, person and he's very kind of like oh okay now what can we do for each other Kim
0: Jong-un he's,
1: he he was doing the uh, the big ego trip with her and yeah. then when she spanked him that's when he let his guard down Exactly So now they know the way
5: He showed his Achilles
0: ass. (laughs) Well, Stormy says she deserved to have sex with Donald Trump.
5: Did you two go out for dinner that night? No. You had dinner in the room? Yes. What happened next?
6: I asked him if I could use his restroom and he said yes. You know, it's through the the bedroom. You'll see it. So I I excused myself and I went to the the restroom. You know, I was in there for a little bit and came out and he was sitting, you know, on the edge of the bed when I walked out. (laughs)
5: perched. And when you saw that, what went through your mind?
6: Uh, I realized exactly what I'd gotten myself into. And I was like, here we go. (laughs) And I just felt like maybe (laughs) uh, it was sort of, I had it coming for making a bad decision for going to someone's room alone. And I just heard the voice and I, well, you put yourself in a bad situation and bad things happen. So you deserve this.
0: She, however, says she is not a victim.
5: A lot of people are using you for a lot of different agendas.
6: They're trying to. Like, oh, you know, Stormy Daniels comes out, hashtag me too. This is not a me too. I was not a victim. I've never said I was a victim. I think trying to use me to to further someone else's agenda does horrible damage to people who are true victims.
0: Yeah,
1: a lot of people were speaking to the fact where she said, Oh, I don't want to do this, but I'm gonna, I got myself in this situation and this is what you get. Now you got to have sex with them. And a lot of people were saying, Hey, look, this is the crux of a lot of the, you know, me too arguments is that you shouldn't have to, you know, at no point. Should you be so far along that you can't turn around? Um, but then she follows it up by saying, look, I, I'm not a victim here because to her, and she said as much in the interview, that was all right, well, it's akin to like all right well i'll uh, if I'll I'm have
0: a comedian. I'm, I'm gonna. I gotta tell jokes at a party
1: right, and if it's gonna further my career and I don't value this the same way other people do, yeah, this is, has no spiritual connection for me, I don't care, I'm just gonna you know see what happens if i if I give him a little time here, eh, maybe it'll pay off for me in the future because she has sex for money,
0: mm, yeah. Uh, Which is also reason, part
1: of why she's so Teflon in all of this, because nobody can be, call her a whore, and she's, you know, she's not ashamed of it. She's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's right. A very successful whore. It's
0: what I do. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, Anderson Cooper had to clarify that they actually had sex.
5: And you had sex with him? Yes. You were 27. He was 60. Were you physically attracted to him? No. Not at all? No. Did you want to have sex with him?
6: No. But I didn't I didn't say no. I'm not a victim. I'm not...
5: It was know. entirely consensual.
6: Oh, yes. Yes.
1: Well, then you wanted to have sex with him. I mean, uh, you know, th- that's the one thing. What she says... What she's saying when she said, I didn't want to, is that I'm not attracted to him.
0: Right. It, it wasn't a turn-on for her.
1: So I think that people will try to pick that apart. And really what she was saying was like, you know, I wasn't turned on by him, but I did it anyways. Not, I didn't want to. And she... Kind of clumsily made that part clear.
0: Uh, She talked about their second meeting.
6: I remember arriving and he was watching Shark Week. He made me sit and watch an entire documentary about shark attacks.
5: It wasn't at that point a business meeting. It was just watching Shark Week. Yeah. Did you have sex with him again? No. Did he want to? Yes. How do you know he wanted to?
6: Because he came and sat next to me and you know, touched my hair and put his hand on my leg, and re- referenced back to how great it was the last time. How did you um, get out of it? Well, I'd been there for like four hours. And so I then was like, <laughs> well, before, you know, can we talk about what's the development? And he's like, I'm almost there. I'll have an answer for you next week. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, um, I guess call me next week. And I just took my purse and left.
5: According to Daniels, Mr. Trump called her the following month to say he'd not been able to get a response on Celebrity Apprentice. She says they never met again and only had sex in that first meeting in 2006.
1: Now, he had sex with her without a condom. Yes. He was married.
0: Same thing with the Playboy model or Bunny or whatever you call her.
1: He went unprotected there, too. Yes. He keeps saying he's going to make America keep America safe, but you know <sighs> he's not even keeping Melania safe from.
0: I feel like this interview was much ado about nothing. Well, like the only thing do I was surprised—campaign
1: finance, uh, but, but
0: that's nothing new. All that stuff had already been talked about. The only thing I found revealing in this interview was that they only had sex one time.
1: Yeah, I thought they had sex more than that. I
0: thought it was in, like a non nonstop ongoing affair.
1: It's it's more about uh, it, it, I definitely like uh, Patton Oswald had a tweet and said my Al Capone vault radar is going off. Wildly. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I think what,
0: this is all this. None of this is news. This has already been revealed.
1: Right. But it's her words now. She's saying it all. It's in the context of her lawyer explaining also the thug her being threatened in a parking lot. Yeah. That was a new
0: yeah, that, wrinkle
1: in it is that she was you know, she had her life threatened.
0: But that did also come out before the interview. Here she is talking about it in the interview.
6: I was in a parking lot going to a fitness class with my infant daughter. I was taking, you know, the seats facing backwards in the back seat, diaper bag, you know, getting all the stuff out. And a guy walked up on me and said to me, Leave Trump alone, forget the story. And then he leaned around and looked at my daughter and said, it's A beautiful little girl, it'd be a shame if something happened to her mom. And then he was gone.
5: You took it as a direct threat?
6: Absolutely. I was rattled. I remember going into the workout class, and my hands were shaking so much I was afraid I was going to drop her.
5: Did you ever see that person again? No
6: but i if I did, I would know it right away. I'll you'd never forget
5: to, You'd be able to recognize that person one hundred
6: percent even now, all these years later. If he walked in the store right now, I'd instantly know.
5: Did you go to the police? No, why?
6: Because I was scared.
1: What was the fake name Trump used on the nondisclosure was agreement? It- Dennison D.D., Dave so, Dennison or something, yeah, something like, like that. that. He didn't sign it, mm-hmm. and that's part of why she's able to talk right now. She's like, hey, it's not binding.
0: Yeah, that's what her lawyers claim and she right. claims. Uh,
1: I don't think there's any doubt that this happened. Uh, it, it, I don't think anybody cares that he had sex with her. It may have lasting implications because it may get wrapped up in the Mueller probe. The uh, fact that it might be a federal uh, election campaign, committee campaign. election violation. Yeah, violation is a big deal for Michael Cohen. Maybe not as much for the president, who then will, you know, if he gets wrapped up in the investigation, maybe he trades uh, in uh, jail time for uh, revealing something to the special investigator. I don't know. But Either way, Brett Musburger with the tweet of the night, wrapping things up for everyone. Lads, we can never second guess the real Donald Trump for his taste in women. But betting a porn movie star without a condom? Come on, man. Brent Brent Musburger doing the important work out there these days. But again, this is the president of the United States. It's fun. And his wife was a thousand miles away from him uh, apparently last night when this happened.
0: Oh, when the interview aired.
1: Yeah, when it went down. Yeah, she's
0: staying uh, at Mar-a-Lago Yeah, because Barron is on spring break.
1: Oh, yeah. He won't even let Barron go on spring break without him making money off of it. He's well, like, well, if you're going to go on spring break, go to my place
5: so I get paid.
0: Does Stormy Daniels have evidence of their affair?
5: What was also required under the nondisclosure agreement was for Stormy Daniels to turn over all video images, still images, email messages, and text messages she had regarding Mr. Trump. Did you do that?
6: I can't answer that right now.
5: You don't want to say one way or the other if you have text messages or other items?
6: My attorney is recommended that I don't discuss those things.
1: Uh huh. Interesting. Her attorney's great too. <laughs> he's so funny. It's, uh, it's just funny how they're not scared of like this douchebag Michael Cohen and how he's like strong-armed people for so long and people. I'm guessing people. her
0: lawyer has had a little bit of experience in that area as well.
1: They asked him, "Oh, you think he's been a tough guy before?" Yeah. You think he's threatened people like no, that? No,
0: I don't know if he's threatened people, but he's not like a namby-pamby kind of guy.
1: Uh, no, he's no no uh, shrieking violet. Shrinking? Shrieking? Either one. Yeah. But he was asked about going back and forth with Michael Cohen, who won't talk about this now. After he admitted he paid her, <laughs> he told the New York Times he didn't get paid back for it, which is where the... the uh, violation comes in
0: contribution campaign because it becomes
1: an in-kind contribution um and uh he was asked you know what's it like going up against someone like michael cohen and her lawyer said i like to go against very talented lawyers i like to go against people at the top of their game i think it actually it's helpful to do that and he said do you consider michael cohen to be a worthy adversary and he just didn't say anything and he goes let me think about it for a second <laughs> and then he and then he paused a little bit longer and he went no comment. <laughs>
0: uh, well, he's kind of a sideshow. He likes to put on uh, quite a show. Her lawyer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he had a picture of her, of, of Michael Cohen.
0: Like a huge one
1: doing on, interviews on a poster like, board. Hey, where's this guy? Right. I want to talk to this guy. Apparently, her lawyer was the one of the the uh, the counselors on the class action lawsuit at the Super Bowl in Dallas, the Steelers oh, played yeah. at mm-hmm. when all those people got screwed got out of their screwed. seats
0: and had to sit under the arena.
1: Apparently, he decimated Jerry Jones on the stand and Jerry Jones gets off and they said he stared him down the whole way and he just was like staring at him with the most hateful look in his eyes ever. He said that was his proudest accomplishment <laughs> as a lawyer is that he made Jerry Jones seethe and uh the uh the lead attorney on the case like leaned over to the guy and said, I've never seen a man look at another man like that before. Wow. Like he wants to murder you right now. So this guy's not afraid. Yeah. Uh I don't know if this will have any implication. I mean, he's been Teflon so far, so I think uh, you know every-
0: It involves laws I have n I mean I have no idea about.
1: Well, I just think that it's one Contract it's law. another pebble in the avalanche. Yeah, it's c- campaign finance stuff. Yeah. You know, nobody cares that he had sex with a porn star. Everyone already knows he cheated on all of his wives because he cheated on his first wife with his second one. He cheated on his second one with his third one. It wasn't like he was going to stop cheating. This has always been his thing.
0: And apparently uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because Don Jr. has allegedly cheated on his wife. Right. And that's why they're getting divorced. Do you think it's he said
1: those. to that Aubrey O'Day chick, you remind me of my sister? <laughs> Probably not, right?
0: Oh, my. Well, spring is here. That means a lot of Americans are already planning their summer vacations and looking for the best possible deals on airfare. According to cheapair.com, you'll get the best airfare this year if you book 70 days in advance of your trip. 70. 70. Fares start to go up within 20 days of departure. Uh, They say it's hard to get a good deal at all if you wait until two weeks out to book. And for those procrastinators, fares significantly increase the last week before departure. But booking too early can cost you as well. If you book 169 days to 319 days in advance, uh, tickets go up by about 50 bucks. So not a ton, but.
1: I buy my tickets for uh, Jazz Fest every year in my plane tickets in October. And it doesn't take off until May.
0: Do you pay more? Or do you know? I don't once know. It, once you're paid for, you don't care what. It, but I know a not,
1: lot of times my friends wait, and then they're like, "Dude, it's up to like seven hundred bucks." And I'm like, "I know. You got to get it early." Yeah, I man. always
0: thought the three week line was like, if you wait past three weeks, you're doomed. Yeah, not doomed, but they you're will gonna pay more.
1: Oh, yeah, then yeah, you start wondering how long of a drive you are willing to make.
0: <laughs> Working in a noisy environment could affect your heart. I don't know if this counts as a noisy environment, but a study from the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health found loud noise in the workplace puts people at risk for high cholesterol and blood pressure which are known heart disease risk factors. Researchers say the industry with the highest noise exposure are construction, mining, and manufacturing. Noisy workplaces also contribute, of course, to high risk of hearing loss. Researchers haven't been able to figure out the link between noise and heart disease, but they believe that it may have something to do with noise affecting the cellular makeup of the body. And another work news: A new study out of the cannabis industry in Colorado found that most of these employees are high while they're working. Yeah, which could lead to problems, as there are laws in place banning the use of weed on the job. Companies could lose their licenses, and then there's the whole workplace safety thing going on. Which it's not like you're operating heavy machinery in a cannabis. No, uh, I mean if you go in there, but.
1: Well, you can at least get an idea of what kind of buzz you might be in for, you know? Right. Be like...
0: You speak uh, from experience. Can you tell me a little bit about...
1: Hey, what are you on right now? (laughs) I don't want that. That's too much.
0: Steven Spielberg doesn't think movies made for streaming platforms should be eligible for an Oscar. Services like Hulu and Netflix are complete- competing for the awards originally intended for theater releases, in some cases by offering very limited theatrical runs. The director told ITV it's a threat to people who want to see movies in the theater. Spielberg said that while the quality is often outstanding, they're basically TV movies and should be competing for Emmys instead of Oscars. Spielberg suggests that if nothing else, the Academy could create a special category for non-traditional releases.
1: I don't know uh, if I don't disagree with them. Like, they are made for TV. Mm-hmm. And if you want to protect the film industry, you have to give awards to movies that are in the theaters. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I, I get that. I really do. And you can't let Netflix like as much oh, look, I love Netflix. Basically, my life is Giant Eagle, Apple, and <laughs> Netflix. Okay. That's it. And I'll defend, you know, the great work they're doing because I, I think it's amazing how much they're able to do. But I don't want them to turn into Amazon. I don't want them to be like have such a control over mm-hmm. the marketplace that they're affecting what kind of art gets made elsewhere. I don't want people to be afraid to keep making big movies and stuff. I don't know. Oh Yeah. Like going to the movies get is a unique experience. It's and, just great.
0: And major um, studio backing. And don't you
1: feel like you have a little bit of something at like, I don't want to say ownership of, but you have a different relationship with the movie when you go and see it at a theater.
0: Um. Well, it's a, such a better audio and visual experience right. than you would get in your home.
1: But then when you see it on TV later, you're like, oh, yeah, no, I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Like those ones I have a different feeling about. Like, No, no, no. I, You know, I saw this. They were like 30 feet
0: tall. And a lot but, of them are in like IMAX 3D now. Right. Especially the superhero movies.
1: Uh, that's too much for me, though.
0: 3D? Yeah. The
1: <laughs> IMAX stuff. I almost barfed on the Simpsons ride at Universal. The 3D <laughs> IMAX stuff goofs with my equilibrium too much.
0: Well, so many rockers sell out. Roger Daltrey hit it big last week. He was paid a million dollars to perform at the 60th birthday party of Dr. Dr. Craig Flashner in L.A. <laughs> Flashner owns about 500 nursing homes around the country.
1: Oh, my God. The guy who sang, I hope I die before I get old, played a <laughs> private party for a guy who Who's owns a bunch of waiting rooms to heaven. got
0: rich. Ugh. Waiting for people to die. This guy also hired Cirque du Soleil performers and fire eaters. And since it was his party, he got to sing with Roger on My Generation. Oh Daltrey No not the first classic rocker to earn a little bit of extra cash playing birthday part- parties, Paul McCartney. Uh, Grabbed a million bucks in 2003 when he performed at the 50th birthday party of a CNN producer. He donated his money to charity. Elton John reportedly got a million dollars for his private performances in the past. Uh, He's also done birthday parties. Steven Tyler and Sting have been hired as wedding singers. And in 2005, Tyler, Joe Perry, Don Henley, Joe Walsh, Stevie Nicks, and Tom Petty performed at a bat mitzvah in New York for some super rich guy's daughter.
1: Yeah, I I get it to a certain extent. I mean, when Led Zeppelin licensed rock and roll for a Cadillac commercial, whenever that was, 25 years ago, I think everything just changed. And people are like, you know what? Why are we being so stupid with this? Why do we have such artistic It's a great way for us to to make money. Yeah. I mean, the Bill Hickses of the world would always rage against you for it. But, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Todd Berry had a joke about the band Fugazi, who never charged anything like they refuse to make money off their own music (laughs) and he said like you know he's like i just imagine the drummer of that band going hey i got a good idea why don't we charge five bucks and i don't have to live in my mom's basement (laughs) now certainly it's not like roger daltrey's hurting for money but the optics of that one yeah he should have to start singing i wish i died before i got old
0: (laughs) Sunny but breezy today. A little warmer. Temperatures in the low 50s. It's 33 at DVE. Mike
1: Pursuta with your sports coming up here uh, momentarily. Sid is on fire, and uh, they're saying they're, they're calling it vintage Sid. It's
0: cancel with it. Trying
2: to pull the trigger, leaves it now for Schultz instead. On to Crosby. Muscles up, going towards the net, shoots the puck, scores! Sidney Crosby walks right through the Flyers and does it all, and the Penguins have the lead, forward and three. Oh, tell your ma, tell your pa, I'm going to send you back to Arkansas. The Pen's captain sparkling to give the Penguins the advantage.
1: Mike Persuda has the full report when we return right here on the DVE Morning Show. DVE Sports. Mike Persuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show and the Pens kind of owning the uh, the Flyers again yesterday. They did let him get that point at the end, which really pissed me off, but
3: Sid turns it on when he has to, man. They got the brooms out. It took them overtime, but they got the brooms out and swept the season series from Philadelphia with a 5-4 win yesterday afternoon at the PPG Paints Arena Sports This Hour brought to you by Golden Oak Lending. That uh, back-and-forth affair, Randall included. Sidney Crosby's 26th goal of the season, 17 seconds into the third period. That gave the Penguins a 4-3 to lead. It was one of those, I guess you could call it a signature Crosby goal in that it involved controlling the puck. He circled uh, around and then blew past Sean Couturier, who was... An accomplished defensive center. He's an accomplished, I shouldn't call him a defensive center. He scored his 31st goal yesterday. It's also plus 27. He, gets the he tough, got the equalizer. He gets the tough assignments for Philadelphia. I thought he played that really poorly. Uh, Crosby being the guy that he was trying to play probably had something to do with that. So you see that more as a
1: blown defensive assignment rather than Sidney Crosby doing what Sid does once again that wasn't as brilliant offensively as it was a missed defensive
3: I guess it was assignment. a little both maybe maybe half calm a half calm be the one the play that- I, I choose to see it as just
1: Sidney's brilliance once again and guys like that just strike fear into the heart of the defender
3: when he when you get one step on him that might have something to do with why he was so passive Couturier because he just he didn't do anything he just kind of watched him and watched him go by and then Sort of, coach, it was the one-handed. He coasted after off, him; he wasn't moving his feet, he wasn't leaning into him. He... But you know, the 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 play that really got my attention uh, was the Connor Sherry assist on what became a breakaway for Derek Broussard. It was basically a bunch of guys all even with one another in the neutral zone, and, and Sherry just flipped it up over the defense, and New Broussard had the Jets to go get it, and that created a breakaway. That was uh, that got my attention more than the Sid goal. Uh, The Sid goal was, you know, maybe I'm getting a little numb to it by now. Uh, It is what he does. And uh, the Penguins did what they do. They beat the Flyers, but they also gave up 45 shots. And in addition to the goal by Sidney Crosby and the uh, creativity of Connor Sherry, Mike Sullivan wanted to talk about 45 shots against and what that meant.
7: The shot clock, in in some instances, can be deceiving. Not always, you know. It is an indication of where the game's being played, uh, because you obviously have to, you know, you've got to be in the offensive zone to to shoot the puck. So I, I do think it's that. I think Philly's a team that they shoot the puck a lot. Um, I don't think we did as good a job getting in shot lanes, and, and I think that's an area of our game where. Uh, you know, we haven't been as good at, at, at getting in shot lanes and making it hard for teams to get pucks to the net. Um, it seems like every shot they're taking is getting to the net, and and so that's an area where I know we have to improve. We have to get better, and that's a mindset. If if, in in my opinion, that's that's simply a mindset. It's a willingness to uh, you know to, to play the game hard. And uh, it's a thankless job, but it's an important job. I think it's happening both 5-on-5. Five five. It's also happening on the penalty kill, and that's one of the reasons why we're having we're, it's been a struggle as of late.
3: Now, Penn's blocked nine shots yesterday, but again, the Flyers are getting 45 on the net. That's a lot. And unsaid by Sullivan in that one-minute-plus soliloquy on why so many shots are finding their way to the Penguins' cage. Uh, the back-checking yesterday was... Awful. Uh, first two Philadelphia goals, you could describe Phil Kessel and Evgeny Malkin as disinterested in getting back into the defensive zone and preventing the D from activating. Philadelphia doing a good job of gaining entry, then dropping it back to the D, which had time and space to make a play.
1: I uh, didn't get a chance to watch the game because I was traveling, but I spent you know as much time as I could watching uh, highlights uh, from the game. Would it be apt to say, although he had a brilliant goal, this was not one of... Uh, Malkin's signature
3: games. I, I would think that is very accurate, yeah. And what I'm seeing, you know, the Penguins woke up on January 1st, and they looked at the standings, and they started playing the unofficial second half of their schedule, January the 2nd in Philadelphia. And they knew they needed to make up a lot of ground and solidify things, and they did. And then what I'm seeing of late, uh, the last eight games, they're 4-2-2. Two, and two. Now they look like a team that, okay, we've, we're going to make the playoffs. We fixed it. Let's... Uh, Let's take one more little pause for the cause here, and then uh, start firing again in the postseason. They just—they don't look like there's a lot of urgency or desperation to their game. They still have a an incredibly talented team, and they're getting by with that. They got by with it yesterday, but you don't want to play the way they did yesterday, starting in the second week of April. But you don't need to break an ankle blocking a shot now either. They're not in the playoffs. They haven't clinched it yet, but they're going to make it. So. Uh, How about that beauty of a uh, a pass from Connor Sherry to Broussard? That, to me, was the play of the game. Just because of how he had to think it and the way they executed it, and you see why they went out and got Derek Broussard.
2: Simmons left side, Matt bear going, but the Penguins reach over and break it up, and I think fast comes to Broussard, has a chance on a breakaway, shoots and scores! Derek Broussard on the breakaway chance against Ryan, and the Penguins have tied this game at one. No, let's go on. Boots on a Harley. Derek Bouchard on an aerial pass that he found.
3: Yeah, a little Murphy flip, not uh, not to clear the zone but to set a guy up and uh, you know Connor Sherry is not really known for that. He's kind of a guy people look at as well if he's scoring goals, he's helping them. If he's not scoring goals, he doesn't do anything else. That was a hell of a play he made yesterday and it helped the Penguins Beat the Flyers. Uh, that was uh, Derek Broussard's third goal with the Penguins and uh, second in three games. Sidney Crosby has three goals and six points in his last three games. Uh, he's apparently decided to turn it up as uh, the Penguins hit the stretch run at Detroit Tuesday at New Jersey Thursday. Montreal here Saturday. Washington here Sunday afternoon. Pens are three points behind the Caps, and the Caps – Have a game in hand in the Metro. Pens are three points up on Columbus and Philly for second in the Metro. The NFL uh, annual meeting is taking place down in Orlando, Florida. Kevin Colbert, the Steelers general manager, speaking with Missy Matthews of Steelers.com yesterday in Orlando. And he talked about the Le'Veon Bell negotiations, Uh, Colbert saying those haven't, been tabled but for the time being at least they're on hold
4: that's something we're not dealing with right now again not out of neglect to to lay the but really just the the need to take care of the current business first i think after free agency ends you may even go through the draft and just see where your team stands because the draft can change your own um cap situation as well we may get a player that we didn't think we were going to get maybe that creates an, an opportunity to terminate somebody else so as to be able to accommodate uh, different cap specifications that, that may occur. But, again, this, this thing changes daily, and we just try to monitor it and keep up as, as soon as possible and deal with things in, a, in an appropriate manner.
3: Kim sounds better with synthesizer. I like your, it. You me? should always have, yeah. You should have. Uh... You should do that. Maybe they should do that for Tomlin on Tuesdays. Just play a little something in the background. Yeah, he should always have doff Punk right behind him. Be Kevin, good. They already got helmets. Kevin Colbert also addressed uh, another decision that the Steelers are going to have to make the first week of May. That would be whether to pick up the fifth-year option on Bud Dupree's contract. We'll uh, hit that after the break.
1: Yeah, we also got Missy Matthews coming up 9-15 to uh, further oh, expound on uh, what uh, Mr. Colbert had to say. Seth Warbaugh from The Athletic at 8-15, talking about those Penguins as they head... Towards the last couple of weeks of the season and shore up their uh, their playoff spot, they can basically play anybody right now. Anything could happen. Yeah, and I don't think they care.
3: And I don't think they should.
1: Are you worried that they may not be ready yet?
3: No, I think they. I was pretty impressed with that kick that they started in January. Mm-hmm. And they didn't necessarily need to, you know, follow that all the way through. They're. Uh, my interpretation, at least, is they're kind of taking a little deep breath now and regrouping one more time. Right, and uh, I think they're going to be tough out. You got to love that
1: Sid the Kid sticks it to the Flyers again, though. <laughs> Keep taking Crosby sucks signs everywhere you go. I swear to God, you could probably go to a baptism in Philadelphia, and, say, and the priest would say that in the middle of it. And Nomine patrie, at Philly, it's <laughs> spare this. Sidney Crosby sucks. Sanctus. What do you got uh, at the top of the hour there, Valerie?
0: Oh, what are we oh, just uh, uh, the
1: president uh, screwed a porn star without a condom.
0: Uh, is social media more important to you than your pet? We'll talk about a troubling new survey.
1: <laughs> I think he gave it away with the troubling. Uh, hey, the 7th annual Cure Rock concert this Friday. The Alternate Roots, Nevada Color and Working Breed. Cure Rock. Uh, They uh, raise awareness and funds for the fight against childhood cancer through live music. It's at uh, 8 o'clock start, 7 o'clock doors there at the Hard Rock, and I'll be on hand being an MC once again. It's uh, the 7th annual Cure Rock concert. Tickets available at (laughs) dve.com. The DVE Morning Show. Richie Bazzi, thanks uh, for hooking us up there at the St. Paddy's Day Parade. Appreciate that from him.
0: I'll be there this Saturday, by the way. Oh, yeah. What are you Schultz, doing? Ford and Wexford uh, to wrap up truck month. So I'll be there from, I think, noon to two. Oh No, one to three.
1: Nice. Truck month. I mean, who doesn't love truck? happy truck month?
0: Yeah, let's celebrate.
1: I didn't get you anything.
0: (laughs) You didn't get me a truck?
1: No. (laughs) No, I'll have to to figure out how to uh, remedy that. Mike's got uh, a wrap-up on the sports here. Uh, We didn't get to the tournament, but a few more uh, Steelers uh, tidbits to uh, attend to.
3: Yeah, one in particular, just one of the things they're going to have to deal with uh, during the first week of May is the decision on whether or not to pick up the option year on linebacker Bud Dupree's rookie contract, that would be for 2019. Mm-hmm. It would basically be about $10 million, and it would be guaranteed for injury. But they could still rescind it if they so desired. Uh, basically, what they're doing is preventing Dupree from uh, playing out this coming season and becoming an unrestricted free agent. So so this is his
1: uh, make-or-break year, and then it gives them more control. Yeah.
3: Okay. And in the meantime, if he gets hurt, then they're on the hook for the 10-mil. He's
1: not exactly in a position right now where he says, no, I don't want to sign that. I want to uh, play myself out of here.
3: I I wouldn't think so, Uh, although Kevin Colbert, when he sat down with Missy Matthews yesterday down in Florida, uh, talked about Bud Dupree as a guy that uh, the Steelers maintain
4: the arrow is pointing up. I don't think we've seen the best of Bud Dupree, not from a – a lack of effort or preparation it just from really some health issues have hindered him along the way he's continuing to grow in that position and i think with him on one side and tj on the other those two will continue to grow and i, I think they're gonna they're going to complement each other uh you saw signs of that last year and i think you're going to continue to see growth and development in both of those players
1: i mean jarvis jones Bud Dupree, I, it's going to be a long time before I get excited about anybody they draft an outside linebacker.
3: Yeah, I, I, I like Dupree's season last year better than I like his season this year, but they did change the way those guys are used, and a lot of the dropping in the coverage stuff doesn't make the splash that sacking the quarterback does. But uh, he's a young guy, good physical skill set, and. Seems to really give a damn, so I, I would kind of agree with Kevin. I don't think they've seen the best of him yet. Yeah, maybe
1: he's having trouble sort of assimilating to the new responsibilities, but T.J. Watt was able to make a bigger splash with those new responsibilities in his first year because they weren't new to him. But
3: I, I like those two guys as a long-term solution. Yeah, you still have faith in Bud? Yeah, I, I you know, put an asterisk on it because I think anybody on that defense after that Jacksonville game has some, some looking in the mirror and some assessing to do. Uh, in terms of geez, what went wrong, and how much of that was my fault? Right, because there's a lot of fault to go. Oh, around. Oh yeah, a lot of fault to go around. But you know, you can't cut them all.
1: <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, hey, you can't cut Cam you, Hayward. He didn't have a great game.
3: Can't jerk the knee. You know,
1: you got to on to it and etc. Yeah, got to figure it out. I think, those guys are all stars, and they all
3: were responsible. So. I think Bud's part of the solution, not part of the problem. Very good. Uh, the college basketball final four is finally set. It's going to be Villanova against Kansas at 849 on Saturday. That's a battle of number one seeds from the East and Midwest regions. That'll be preceded by the first national semifinal. Loyola of Chicago against Michigan at 609. Loyola an 11 seed. Michigan a three seed. Uh, Villanova and Kansas are blue bloods. No surprise that uh, those teams advanced. Michigan was getting a lot of buzz after winning the Big Ten tournament. John Beeline, a pretty good coach who's been there. Before, if you had Loyola of Chicago in the Final Four, I want to know why. Uh, <laughs> Sister Jean, that's why, man. What a remarkable story, that's-
1: Sister Jean, ninety-eight years old.
6: My they man are said to me the other day, Sister Jean, we broke your bracket, and I said, keep breaking it. That's okay with me. I did have a second bracket, bringing them to the top, so I called it my Cinderella dream bracket. So we'll
8: see how. How far we go.
1: Jean Delores Schmidt, she's been a Loyola team chaplain since 1994. She was also a student at an all-women's school called Mundelein College, which merged with Loyola in 1991, so she's been a fan for almost 60 years.
3: First Final Four for Loyola of Chicago since winning the 1963 National Championship.
1: She uh, She's not just a good luck charm, Mike. She gives them advice. She praises them before each game. She gives them Their own scouting report. She's she's, uh, such a big part of the team. They gave her part of the net. They cut down after the Elite elite Eight win on Saturday. Uh, There's a Sister Jean bobblehead that you can order. And you can pre-order online if you like. And at least two NFL teams, Carolina and Atlanta, have said they'd love it if she'd come visit them. Because they want some of her good luck to rub off. Charles Barkley joked he wanted to take her on a date if Loyola made it to Final Four. Charles, apparently not understanding what nuns do. So you might see them in a segment together this weekend. Uh, And uh, Sister Jean, you know, she said she's happy.
0: I'm so happy for uh, Loyola, for my
6: congregation, for the city of Chicago, and for the nation. We need something to boost us, and I think this is what is doing it because we are almost a Cinderella. You know,
3: uh, no, almost. And I'm I'm happy for him, too, because this college basketball right now needs Loyola of Chicago.
0: I don't know why I was so excited to see Duke lose last night.
3: Because, because uh, you hate Duke? You hate Duke. I
0: don't. I don't really have any feelings about college hockey or college basketball one way or the other, but I was watching that game. I'm like, oh, come on, lose!
3: Because the world's dirtiest player missed a game-winning shot. Oh, my God, and it just refused to go in. Yeah. It, it, It looked like it was in off his hand, off the backboard, bounced on the rim, rolled around. Yeah. Just refused to drop. Just
1: for a second, awful people
3: didn't get a break. Yeah. And the call went against Duke. Yeah, which was. A critical call, which uh, found out one of their best players, and they probably got screwed on it. Probably. (laughs) Ha-ha. He was set, right, Mike? He was absolutely set. I mean. Yeah, it was a charge block. It was no question it was a charge, right? An obvious, clear charge. He got lined up to get nailed. I mean, he had enough yeah. time to, like,
1: sit there and prepare. He, w-
3: I saw him wince. <laughs> but that was probably, that ended up 85-81 Kansas in overtime after the Grayson Allen shot at the buzzer of regulation refused for the to Jay-Hawks. go. That was probably the best game of the tournament. That was yeah. – I mean, that second half, they were just challenging each other and trading shots and uh, great programs playing great. But college hoops needed a Loyola – of Chicago, right about. Did now. you see the inter- somebody who's probably not in the FBI investigation in, <laughs> into all the slime? <laughs> That's a good point. Probably that. not in that investigation. Loyola's problem. Pro- let's if Loyola wins, I don't think the title is going to be vacated. Well, let's hope not.
1: Dana Jacobson interviewed Leonard Hamilton after Michigan beat FSU. Did you see this?
3: I saw the interview. Yeah,
0: take me through the final seconds of this game. Why didn't you guys foul?
6: What are you talking about?
0: Down the stretch there, the end of the game, the final seconds, 11 seconds left on the clock. Do
6: you think that the game came down to the final seconds of the game?
0: I'm asking you, though, why that decision in the final seconds of the game?
6: The game was over.
0: You didn't think your guys could get back in it, put them on the line if they miss those shots.
6: I mean, but 15 seconds? What were we down?
0: Put them on the line, they miss a few shots. Coach, a four point ball game. It's a question that, that the guys were asking at the end of our game. That's all I'm asking. It didn't come down to that in your mind.
6: I thought they, I thought they did a great job.
1: Yeah, I mean, he is acting like he had never heard that
3: tactic before. Yeah. Wait, what did you think we should have done? He apologized for that yesterday. Yeah. Blames it on the heat of the moment. Kind I of. get it. But you got to do better than that. You got to do better than that. That's part of the gig. Yeah. You want to you play with the big boys that's and sit right. at the big table? After you lose a gut-wrenching game, you got to talk to the yeah. reporter for the network that Funnels billions of dollars yes the NCAA.
1: Yeah, you got to answer the uh, question: Why didn't you foul?
3: Not yeah. act like what a crazy assertion. Yeah. Nobody ever does that. And when you know the answer, it's, well, because I gave up, and <laughs> it probably didn't cost us the game, but I should have tried just a little bit harder. Right. Yeah. All right. Final four set. Val has your news when we come back.
1: More president, rod dog, and porn star stuff.
0: No? Oh,
1: okay. We're going to
0: talk about how important social media is to people. It's Especially porn stars who were raw dogged <laughs> right. by the
1: president. Yeah. Um, on the way, Seth Warbaugh from The Athletic Talk and Penguins Hockey Missy Matthews will talk about that discussion she had with Kevin Colbert because uh, kind of revealing there, as Mikey was uh, alluding to earlier. Might uh, give you an idea of long term plans for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Le'Veon Bell and Martavis Bryant. We'll get to the bottom of all that with Missy nine. Right now, they're not going to trade them. Right now. This very second. Never say never again.
0: It is 33 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by ChooseNissan.com. Well, two local women are vying to be the next American Idol on last night's show. Munhall resident Gabby Barrett was featured.
6: My potion, his eyes.
4: Okay, all right, right there, there. That lick, right there. So church.
5: listen, that is you. Am I right, guys? Your personality is in the church song. You stopped all the pretending, elongated the notes, you took your time, you were
2: breathing,
1: and you were just on fire.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. So, is she going to Hollywood? Let's take a
1: vote. Yeah, good. Let's do it. Um. It's a yes for me.
9: Um, you have a great voice. Um, I think you got a chance to really be big in this thing. Um, yes you. for me. So yes <laughs> for me.
6: Thank you. That means you're
0: going to Hollywood.
1: Hey. So right. good
0: for her. Another cool. uh, local North Huntington teenager, Aubrey Burchell. Uh, she's going to get her shot in Hollywood. She was uh, she auditioned during the Nashville auditions according to the Post-Gazette but they did not feature her on the broadcast but uh, two local women competing for American Idol is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's great. So I to keep an eye on those two. Who are the judges? Ladies. Lionel Richie, Luke Bryan, and Katy Perry.
1: I think in order to get in favor with Lionel Richie, you should bring him a, a replica of his clay head <laughs> from the Hello video. That's what I would do if I were a contestant. Just a little gift. Here you go. Just a Play-Doh head that I made for you. <laughs> Mr. Richie.
0: If any of those kids had that reference, that would be great.
1: I know. Meanwhile, they were all born after that video.
0: Right, exactly. Uh, rich people have messed up lives to try to follow this. Billionaire Elon Musk's father, Errol, he has a 10-month-old baby boy with his stepdaughter. How old is he? 72. Uh, Musk says the boy is exquisite and part of God's plan. He told the Sunday Times he didn't really consider the 30-year-old Jaina Bajowdenhut, his stepdaughter, because Mm -hmm. she had been raised away from the family for long stretches of time. Musk also has two kids with his stepdaughter's mother, who he divorced after 18 years. So did they divorce after he had a baby with her daughter? I don't know that timeline. I like when
1: people do horrible things and then go, Well, it's God's plan.
0: SpaceX and Tesla CEO and his son, Elon Musk, is estranged from his dad and told Rolling Stone that he's a terrible human being.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. How's your dad doing? He's a terrible human being. Thanks for asking.
9: Wouldn't
1: it be great if you could go into court for robbing a bank and be like, You know, I defeat it's God, uh, I I plead that it's, uh, you know, God's plan.
0: And that's it. And also I'm a terrible human being. Also
1: I'm a terrible human being.
0: Uh, A top astronomer in the search for extraterrestrial life says it is likely we will find life beyond Earth this century, either in our own solar system or beyond. Jill Tarter is a former project scientist at NASA, told a conference over the weekend, we've only been looking for a short time in a vast area. She compared it to looking for a fish in the ocean by pulling out a glass of water. The discovery could come from evidence on the moons of our home system or could be found by analyzing the atmospheres of far-off planets orbiting alien stars. She said technology is always improving to give humanity its best shot yet.
1: There is, uh, I mean, a ton of evidence that there are other places and planets that have atmospheres that are could similar life. to Earth and could sustain life. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's no question there's, like, squiggly things out there. If there's water, isn't that life? Isn't there, like, bacteria in the water? No.
4: <laughs> bacteria. I don't know.
1: They found water on Mars. I just figured it was, like, the PWSA. They're like, there's <laughs> lead in it. You need a Brita for it's it. It's
0: bad for the It might be good for the aliens. I knows? used to
1: not believe in that. Now I totally think it's true. I I'd... For sure there's life somewhere it's somewhat, uh, on a place we'll never find.
0: You mean, like, aliens walking around like people or
1: just? Yeah, I, but they don't have to be aliens. They might look like us.
0: Yeah, well, they might be.
1: They might be watching us going, these guys.
0: <laughs> they are really it up down there. <laughs> a British guy spent more than a year in America running the route Forrest Gump ran in the 1994 movie. 39-year-old Rob Pope spent 409 days running over 15,000 miles, the equivalent of 590 marathons. He became Ugh. the first person to take on the challenge. He that makes my toe, tip of my toes hurt. I don't know why, but he started in Mobile, Alabama, and while running about 40 miles per day, had to deal with freezing temperatures, heat waves, and a number of injuries. Not surprisingly, he also admitted that the repetition and loneliness made things much more mentally tough than he anticipated.
1: Yeah, um the Terry Fox run to me will always be the most.
0: I don't even know what did he run across Canada. Yeah, is that the deal?
1: I'm not sure if he finished it. I think he might have died before he did. Um, but that run in the movie, and the only HBO had one movie, leg,
0: right? Yeah, he had one leg.
1: It's incredible. But why the Forrest Gump run? What was the significance I... of that?
0: Notoriety. All right, because because nobody else has, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, how important is social media to you? A troubling new survey has found 8% of pet owners would rather give up their pets than give up social media for a year.
1: Oh, what would you post then?
0: Take away those the pets of those people right now.
1: Yes, exactly. Don't
0: allow them to have pets. If
1: you're not prioritizing them above your Instagram.
0: The survey you- also found 7% of people claim they would rather get a large tattoo of their ex on their shoulder than give up social media for a year. 57% would rather give up booze for a year than go a year without logging onto social media. 51% would rather give up coffee. 36% would rather gain 10 pounds. Uh, mm-hmm. than 20% who said they would rather give up sex for a year than give up social media, which either maybe you're not having sex already.
1: Or, or it's just, uh, unspectacular sex. Maybe. that's one of those... A couple of times a year things. <laughs> I'll give that up so I can stay on Twitter. I don't understand because Facebook has been proven to make you sad. And why would you choose to, like something that makes you sad people over just, something that makes you happy like your pets?
0: I don't know because people are crazy.
1: Well, it's just this addiction we have to Facebook. It, 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 like the, the whole idea, the problem with Facebook is that...
0: You think you're going to miss something.
1: I heard this great interview with this guy who's like an expert on this stuff. And he was talking about how your brain reacts to that. And yes, the you think you're going to miss something and the way they set it up to so, to scroll is like they we know so much about how the brain works now mm-hmm. that they do things that get you hooked and they lay it out in a way that gets you hooked. You're waiting for the next thing and you're waiting for that little shot of uh, serotonin or whatever the you know dopamine or whatever the mm-hmm. hell fires off in your brain when that stuff goes on. But the problem is, is that Zuckerberg is convinced or Zuckerberg as he keeps kept saying he's convinced that the mission statement uh for facebook rings true that the more access we have that people have with one another the better we'll be to each other how about we have problem in
0: person access the
1: problem has been that we're connecting people now all over the world and the problem has just been in the past well we don't see each other we have no connection and so there are all these problems and he really thinks that by people having more contact and more access to one another that the world will be a better place but I don't think it is.
0: <laughs> no, I think I don't that discounts so
1: one uh, big uh, important thing. A lot of people suck. <laughs> a lot of people suck, and then they can use your machine for bad.
0: Yeah. Well, newly knighted Ringo Starr is set to launch a 21 stop U.S. tour with his all star band, following a one off June second show in Atlantic City. They'll begin a 20 run show September first in Tulsa that ends September 29th in L.A. For ticketing dates, cities, and more information, you can get uh, go to Ringo Starr's website. The 2018 All-Star Band includes Greg Raleigh of Santana and Journey, Steve Lukather of Toto, Graham Goldman of 10CC, Colin Hay, and Greg Bissonette. Also in the band, they will play Heinz Hall September 19th. And another woman is accusing Russell Simmons of rape. The New York Times reports a $10 million lawsuit filed Friday by an anonymous woman. She alleges he sexually assaulted her in a hotel room after the two met at a concert. She also claims he threatened to assault her elementary-aged son if she did not comply. She is the 16th woman to accuse Simmons of sexual assault or misconduct since November and the second to file suit against him. He has denied all the claims. Going to be sunny today, but a little breezy. Temperatures in the low 50s. It's 34 at DVE.
1: Yeah, it is the DVE morning show, and uh, joining us right now from The Athletic, it's hockey writer Seth Rohraboss. Seth, good morning. How are you, man?
9: Well, I have to drive to Detroit this afternoon, so you tell me.
1: Uh, Not my favorite (laughs) drive. Not my favorite drive. Uh, But uh, yesterday... Well, we got trim on there. Can we get Mike's mic up there? Okay, we're good to go now. All right, can you hear Mike? Yes, enjoy that Ohio Turnpike, set.
3: It's a wonderful
1: they run. They
9: do have nice rest stops. I'll, I'll give them that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, no stopping the Penguins when it comes to beating the Flyers. Sidney Crosby. That was a horrible transition. My apologies. Sidney Crosby <laughs> on fire once again. He gets the game winner now. Not the game winner, but the uh, uh, the game tire there. Uh, the leader in the third period. Oh, that put him up four to three? Yeah. So here's the thing. Mike thinks that was a crappy defensive play. I choose to see it as Sydney being excellent. Which was it?
9: Uh, it depends on what side of the state you live on, I guess. I, I'm sure if you live in Bucks County or something like that, you probably are mad at uh, Sean Couturier for not uh, making the stop there. But if uh, you're, you know you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan or just you know really a fan of hockey in general, you, you appreciate it for uh, uh, what it was—just a brilliant individual effort there and uh, just the way he was able to kind of shield Couturier off from the from the puck there with his with his body and, uh, uh, and then just generate enough momentum to get the shot off. I mean, it just was a, a brilliant individual play uh, by you know, a player that, uh, you know, we've seen do it for a, a decade plus now.
1: He said he was looking to make a pass when he came out of that and then
3: just saw he had a lane. Because he had so much time and space because nobody was actually <laughs> defending him. He thought, oh, I might as well shoot him alone at the dot. That's and how great the, he is. All the time in the world. They're just afraid to defend him.
1: Yeah. That's how great he is. Uh, but you highlighted something in the athletic that uh you know, Mike and I were kicking around a little bit last hour, just uh how pretty that Connor Sherry feed was to uh, Broussard for the first goal for the Penguins.
9: Yeah, they've done that a little bit over the years with with guys like uh with you know Carl Haglin and, you know, Phil Kessel, you know, kinda of like those lob passes or just putting pucks to space and letting them just basically outrace the opposition there. But um it was interesting just 'cause, you know, Broussard's still maybe a guy that's, you know, maybe kinda of finding his way with the Penguins, you know, getting used to things, but um, you know, and, you know, Connor Sherry was a guy who was, he utilized him in that, that situation and they just kind of caught the flyer defense napping on that situation. So, um, you know, I, I really start, starting to think we're seeing something with Derek Brissard here, uh, you know, meshing with the team or meshing with his new line mates and Connor Sherry and Phil Kessel. I mean, he's got a six game scoring streak. Uh, uh, that line itself, uh, those three players, uh, you know, they combined for offense in the past four games. So, um, you know, you know. Maybe it took a little while for Derek Broussard to transition from that slow defensive team in Ottawa to you know this running gun, you know, go 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 attack with the Penguins. But um, it's really manifested itself uh, into, a, into a nice little scoring streak for Derek Broussard here the past six games.
3: Yeah, and he talked about having to get his speed legs back. Like, you know, I guess the whole league wants to play a fast game except Ottawa. <laughs> but well, you know, that one- now that he's got the Jets going again, uh, this this should probably continue, should it not?
9: Yeah, you would think. You would think. And he's playing with two pretty talented guys there, Phil Kessel and, uh, Derek Broussard. I'm sorry, with Connor Sheary as well. So, um, it's just, it's amazing, you know, just what Ottawa was able to do, I guess, to great success last year and not so much this year. But, um, you know, playing that 1-3-1 one, one where you just basically sit back and let the other guys come at you. Um, and, you know, the Penguins are the polar opposite of that. And, um, and not that other teams don't, you know, go and attack and everything like that, but Ottawa really went to the extreme, I guess, and going the other way. So, um, you, know, take, you know, taking a few games here to kind of get used to it, it's understandable. But uh, uh, he's really gotten acclimated here with how the Penguins want to play and uh, um, taking full advantage of it.
1: Defensively, they seem to be putting themselves in a position to allow a lot of odd man rushes coming the other way. Transitionally, things are a little askew right now. Do they make a, a concerted effort to get on the forwards to, to get back more, or are they going to play it a little safer on the blue line?
9: Uh, Mike Sullivan kind of talked about the forwards actually, and maybe having a greater responsibility in that and saying some. Um, uh, basically mentioning how a lot of times their, their forward attacks are kind of, you know, they're not layered, I guess. You know, it's not like one, two, three going in. It's like three at a time going in. So, um, there's, there's not maybe that, you know, one of those forwards may be hanging back a little bit to kind of, you know, help prevent any, uh, you know, rushes in transition from the, from the opponents. So, um, it seems me like maybe it's more, uh, uh, an issue with the forwards uh, based on what Mike Sullivan said after the game last night, but, um, uh, I mean, I would argue too, I mean, you know, they almost always have a, a fourth, uh, one of the defensemen joining the rush, just one of the fourth extra guys on the rush. So, um, you know, pitching in and that oftentimes leads, you know, to the possibilities of odd man rushes or a greater possibility of them, I guess. So, um, no, it's, it's, it's definitely a team-wide issue. I, I don't want to just sit there and blame the blue line, but, um, uh, the Fords certainly have uh, their their you know their their share in, uh or their their share of blame to, for, for a lot of the odd man rushes they do allow.
3: Seth, have you seen the Penguins here in this last little bit? They had such a streak starting in January that thirty game stretch or wherever you want to put the the end of it. Um, do, do you see them here lately just taking their foot off the gas a little bit and kind of regrouping one more time for the playoffs and figuring oh there's enough talent they'll win enough games they're going to qualify and then that it's time to really get serious.
9: Yeah, I think maybe after, you know, this little, you know, hiccup, you know, stretch I guess they've had or, you know, setback they've had a little bit. I mean, you can't ignore the fact that Matt Murray was out for 11 games during much much of much of that. Um at the same time too, I think maybe just the, the doldrums of the regular season have, you know, kind of, you know, repeated again as we saw back in October, November, where, you know, the regular season just, you know, I don't want to say it's boring, but it's it's just not it's something they realize yeah, you know, they can't put invest all their all their emotions into uh the way they have to in the postseason. And, you know after you know, two straight Stanley Cups, I can sort of understand that perspective. But um um it seems like I think they've, you know, shown some signs of starting to find their game and you know, you know, starting to load up for the for the season It it's still maybe concerning to see you know, them give up forty five shots that they did yesterday and forty shots that they did against the Islanders last week. So, um there's still some iron you know, some wrinkles to iron out there, but um um, no, I just think uh, they realize what time of year it is uh, and, and what may be a more important time of the year uh, coming in about two weeks.
3: Are you a believer at all in regular season success or lack thereof equating to being a factor in the postseason, or is it a completely different deal? And if it's the former, what do you make of what New Jersey was able to do against the Pens?
9: Um, I, I'm a big believer in that you use the regular season to kind of figure yourself out. Then you, you, apply those lessons in, into the postseason, if that makes sense. Um, I think the one thing, you know, Mike Sullivan's really shown over the past, uh, you know, two years he's been here, he's, he's not, he's not afraid to kind of experiment and try different things, uh, during the regular season and try to apply them into the, into the postseason. You're looking right now with him experimenting with his defensive pairings, you know, Jamie Alexiak with Crystal Tang, uh, Brian Dumlin with, uh, Justin Schultz. Um, you know, I don't know if he'll do that once the postseason starts, but, uh, it's an experiment he's willing to try right now. So, um, and, you know, he's done that in years past with a lot of his line combinations, and power play combinations, et cetera. Uh, as far as what the Devils have done, I, it's confusing. Uh, you know, especially when you think about the Penguins swept the Devils last year, uh, the Devils are on the verge of sweeping the Penguins this year. So. Um, I I don't think uh, you know the Penguins that say were to say, to say to play the Devils in the playoffs at some point would we'll, would get that in their head, but um, uh, it, it's it's really been con- confusing or curious to watch the Devils really dominate the Penguins at this point of the season.
1: Seth Warbaugh from the Athletic, last thing for you, Matt Murray,
9: low glove side, still a little bit of a problem. Uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, I did, you know, a lot of his more spectacular goals of uh, that he's allowed throughout his career has always have always seen to come on that that glove side, but. Uh, uh, he seems like a guy who's he's, he's always working at his craft. He's always you know tinkering with things or you know, trying to fine-tune things. If that's an issue, I'm sure him and Mike Buckley, the goaltending coach, will address that uh, between now and the playoffs.
5: Seth, thanks so
1: much for your time this morning, man. Appreciate it.
9: No, sweat, guys. Take All care. Right.
1: Seth Warbaugh from The Athletic. Talk intense. I like what they do. I like the athletic. I like the format. I like the content. Things are really good. Mike's got a full report for you when we come back. Kevin Colbert's words uh, yesterday open to interpretation in a couple of different as always spots
3: never really pins himself down does he
1: no he does not but the future of Lev Bell and in particular Martavis Bryant in the balance here A look ahead at what you can expect from your Steelers in the next few months concerning those guys we'll talk with Missy Matthews from Steelers TV also a little bit later on Steelers.com iHeartRadio on demand all you have to do is download iHeartRadio to your smartphone your tablet listen to any iHeart Radio Station, or any artist you want. It's a full-service streaming platform. Pandora, Spotify, kick them to the curb. All you need is iHeart. It's got everything. Go to iHeartRadio.com, download the app to your smartphone or tablet, and uh, take DVE with you wherever you go. Mike Sports coming up next. DVE. Sports. Mike Pursuita with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show.
3: The Penns stopped the Flyers 5-4 in overtime yesterday afternoon at the PPG Paints Arena. That made it a four-game sweep for the Penguins, who beat the Flyers 5-4 on November the 27th, 5-1 on January the 2nd, 5-2 on March the 7th, and 5-4 in OT yesterday. The festivities yesterday afternoon included... Sidney Crosby breaking a 3 3 tie 17 seconds into the third period on a play that started with Crosby intending to pass rather than shoot.
8: Yeah, yeah, I think I was looking to slaughter maybe by the net and uh, there wasn't much open there, so it was uh you know one of those ones where
5: you get time and you're in a good area and you gotta you gotta shoot it.
3: <laughs> you got no choice. You gotta shoot it. He did. He scored uh, goal number 26 on the season. And uh, for Crosby, it was his uh, third straight game with a goal. He's got six points in his last three games. He wound up with an assist on the game-winner, Brian Rustin, overtime redirecting a Crosby pass from uh, the top of the crease. And uh, that gave Sidney Crosby two goals, seven assists, nine points, and a plus. Eight rating in four games against Philly this season. He has embraced the Penguins Flyers rivalry seemingly since he joined the Penguins, and this year's been no exception.
8: Yeah, I think that you know brings out the best in both teams. To be honest with you, I think it's been that way for a long time. And there's a lot of guys who play on that you know, that team for a while and have been in a lot of different games over the years. So. um, I think you don't, you know, you don't have a choice in these games, or else you know it's going to be a pretty long night. So you've you've got to be into it, and uh, they certainly were. It was, uh, you know, pretty pretty good hockey game both ways.
3: Pens have ninety two points. They're three behind the Washington Capitals in the chase for first place in the Metropolitan Division. Washington has played one fewer game than the Pens. Columbus and Philadelphia are tied for third with eighty nine points through seventy six games. The same amount of games as the Penguins. It is a busy week as the regular season sprints to a finish. The Pens are at Detroit on Tuesday, at New Jersey on Thursday. They host Montreal on Saturday night and Washington on Sunday afternoon. Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert speaking with some media over the weekend in South Florida. Actually, I guess that would be Central Florida. The NFL annual meeting is taking place in Orlando. Kevin Colbert sat down with Missy Matthews of Steelers.com, and one of the subjects they discussed was the uh, potential upside to the Steelers' free agent additions inside linebacker John Bostic and defensive back Morgan Burnett.
4: John Bostic has you know, had some injury issues prior to this season, but he put together a solid uh, 2017 season, and, and he's a young player we still think is ascending. Morgan Burnett's a little bit older, uh, than John, but Morgan gives us nice versatility at the safety position, having played and started at free safety, strong safety, and having played nickel and, and even a dime linebacker. So the versatility that, that Morgan brings us and still the, the potential upside that John Bostic gives us and his versatility as well, I think can only help our defense.
1: The funny thing is, is uh, Kevin Colbert was dancing the entire time he was giving that answer.
3: You know, I feel a lot better about those guys hearing their potential attributes described with a bed. Oh yeah, just yeah, the music bed. Yeah, it means so much more to me all of a it's sudden. Nice. Than well, just,
1: he was shaking his hips. He's doing a dance marathon right now, and he can't stop dancing while answering.
3: College basketball's final four is set. It's going to be at Loyola against Michigan at six oh nine on Saturday in San Antonio. That'll be followed by Kansas against Villanova. The winners meet Monday night for college basketball's national championship. The Frozen Four is set. Penn State beaten by Denver in the Midwest Regional semifinals, five to one on Saturday. Uh, the Nittany Lions uh, come up short of the Frozen Four. That'll include Minnesota Duluth against Ohio State and Michigan against Notre Dame on April the fifth uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota. The two winners will meet April the seventh for college hockey national championship and the pirates finishing up their business in florida they were seven to four winners over the blue jays yesterday they're 11 18 and two on the spring the bucks host the phillies in bradenton today the final home game of the spring they start thursday in detroit and has there been less anticipation of a pirates opener in recent years uh, no. you could put a music
1: bed under it it's still gonna i don't know that was a pretty there. peppy music bed That might inspire me to buy Bucko's
3: tickets. Are they sold out for that game? Uh, No, I don't believe they are. Well, they're not playing until Monday. They open Thursday on the road. The home opener is Monday against Minnesota. It'll be interesting. I don't think it's going to be. I mean, look, I think, it's just been a I think they going to be like a 75 and 85 kind of crappy, never really in contention, long, boring, disinteresting season.
1: When Frank Coonley appeared at the Rick Saccone fundraiser and tried to explain it away by saying, neither I nor the parrot were there. Yes. Nor the parrot. I mean, neither I nor the parrot has become a punchline to uh, numerous jokes about the Buckos at this point. As it should. Uh, uh, yeah, because... It's like they can't do anything. Right. He would have been better off to be like, "Well, yeah, no, actually, I believe in that guy. I think he's good for the city of Pittsburgh." And I, I
3: think, think Clint should work that in. Uh, you know, when they have a tough day, none of our pinch hitters nor the parrot, nor the parrot. could get the bat on the ball when we needed them to.
1: And... <laughs> Neither I nor the parrot really cares. Val's got news. Top of the R. He has to
3: show up, so we show up. <laughs>
0: Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, how much do you have to eat to be an offensive lineman? We'll talk about it coming up. Sunny and breezy, low fifties today. It's thirty six at DVE.
1: What I want to know is how much do you have to stop eating once you stop becoming an offensive lineman? I don't know that's Galen Fatica. Well, he started. Be- he was like a marathon runner, basically.
3: He seems to have uh, dropped two thirds. Mark Stepnowski,
1: same thing. I mean, he was a center for the Cowboys for all those years, and he's like a buck eighty five right now. And he he always played small, but you know you lose eighty, ninety pounds.
3: Oh well, Faneca was over three hundred. Right, so he lost a hundred and and change. More than change, right? What's he now? About a buck eighty-five, ninety, or
1: yeah, probably a buck ninety. I mean, he's still he's a tall guy. Yeah, but r- remarkable. That's what you almost have to do. I mean, you know, I haven't seen Casey Hampton in a long time. I'm guessing he's not running marathons. <laughs> Big Neither
3: Casey nor the parrot are going to be running <laughs> a marathon anytime
1: soon. Missy Matthews from Steelers.com, 915. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, the Steelers plans for Lev Bell, Martavis Bryant, et cetera. It's the DVE morning show. Bill Crawford on vacation this week. Val and I uh manning the fort, so to speak. Did you have a good weekend, Valerie?
0: Uh yeah. yeah it was all right. I'm, you know, just uh, nothing too exciting. No. No. How about you? I was
1: up in the Erie. It was great. I went to a I, uh, I had a uh a birthday party mm-hmm. I had to go to. Yeah. It was pretty great. Uh, it was a surprise fiftieth birthday party and it oh, was in nice. the Erie Art Museum. And uh not art museum, I'm sorry, historical museum. Oh, which like you can rent out. Society. Yes, which is very cool. A I mean a lot of history there. Super cool that you can do that. Um the the problem with it was that there's just not a lot of historical stuff in there. <laughs> no. No.
0: Did it just open? Are they just not, uh, they
1: refurbished it not long ago. Not enough history um, in Erie. But yeah, there's just not. I thought that. there
0: was a lot up there. not so much.
1: No, not 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 a lot. They
0: don't have the Admiral Perry.
1: They had the well, they did have the cauldron where they boiled Matt Anthony Wayne's bones. Oh, because apparently Matt Anthony Wayne's sons wanted to bury him in Philadelphia, but his body was too smelly <laughs> to move. So they thought, well we'll bu- let's boil off the flesh. And make a big uh, pile of goo, and we'll bury that uh, in uh, the, the blockhouse by the peninsula, and then we'll take his bones to Philadelphia. And then his bones, apparently some of his bones, fell off of the,
0: the wagon The wagon oh, on the way. No. So
1: they that's the Matt Anthony Wayne ghost story, is that he is, to this day, hobbling around uh, in ghost form, looking for his missing bones.
0: Huh. What I, did Matt Anthony Wayne do?
1: Matt Anthony Wayne? Yeah. Uh, I thought he was
0: in, uh, (laughs) sounds like he's some guy in a band from the 70s.
1: (laughs) No, that's, uh, I think you're thinking of uh, the guy from MC5, (laughs) Mad Wayne Kramer. But they, um, you know, he did uh, the the Don't Give Up the Ship. He's the Don't Give Up the Ship guy. I can't remember which battle that was in the Battle of uh, 1812 or Lake Erie or whatever it was. Do you know Joe? Joe knows over there. He's like... Valerie's looking it up. But at any rate, it's a lovely restored building up there in Erie. And uh, there's just another reason to get up there. It did have one of the least detailed placards under a uh, 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 an artifact I've ever seen. They had this room full of like the Native American stuff. Mm-hmm. Because the Erie's Indians, very big, Iroquois in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they had this room full of like artifacts that they found through the years. And one was a little blanket. And it was a tiny little blanket. And it said, uh, origin, unknown. Tribe, unknown. <laughs> description. And the description just said, it's a blanket. It has the tassels on it. And There are some stripes. And the dominant color is red. And it sounded to me like a tour guide who didn't study up on what he was supposed to be telling everybody. Yeah, and he's like, ah, you know, as you can see here. Tassels, very nice, uh, enabling it to uh, have a uh, historical design. And then there are stripes, as was all the rage at the day. Uh, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. You it know, sounds
0: like it sounds like they did. Um, what when I was a kid, there was a crick that ran by our house. Yeah, and uh, there was like a smashed up toilet in there. Or something. So me and another girl picked up pieces of it and tried to sell it for another to another girl down the street. We told her it was Indian pottery.
1: Oh, that's great. <laughs> Did she buy it? No. No. They probably have a smashed up toilet in there that.
0: <laughs> maybe that's what they did at the historical society up in Erie. There were just
1: random things in there. there to be <laughs> like a, just like a, a mannequin with later hosen on. I, I'm like, "Why is that in here?" I don't know. But maybe that'll be the next thing. They'll start accumulating more historical stuff. But Erie is the best. Uh, it was so beautiful on the lake yesterday. So beautiful.
0: During the Northwest Indian War in 1791, uh, Wayne helped lead the win in the Battle of Fallen Timbers, which resulted in the removal of Native American claims to Ohio and the surrounding area. Oh,
1: okay. There you go. There you go. You know, Gene Collier likes to send me uh, something he's been doing on the morning show here for many years, uh, media titles, like bizarre media titles. Yes. Uh, like one reassigned Hawaiian button pusher. Give me that one. <laughs> uh uh, savvy first-time home buyer. Oh. Um,
0: I like the Hawaiian one so far.
1: Long-time Zimbabwe strongman. <laughs> and he can add this one to it. Self-taught rocket scientist. <laughs> yes, that's right. Mad Dog. Mar- Mag- mm. Mike- Mad Mike Hughes, much like Mad Anthony Wayne. Yeah. Mad Mike Hughes, the flat earther who has... He's like the white trash Elon Musk.
10: I never stated... <laughs> or said this launch or the original jump of one mile was going to prove the flat earth. It was just a jump to raise the publicity for me and for the rocket to uh, raise the money to go into space later on in the year which is a 1.8 to 2 million dollar project, okay? I believe the world is a different shape than what we were taught in those uh, programming centers which is called public school system. And I quit in the 11th grade three different times because I was fed up with it back in 1972 to 74. I was just done with it. And if I'd known then what I know now, I would have quit after the sixth grade. So basically (laughs) we're graded in the public school system to regurgitate what we were told. I am going to run for governor of the state of California. For the people that supported me around the world, I, I appreciate it. all the all the nice uh, emails and and uh, greetings and text and and everything else. So anyway, I just wish the best for everyone.
1: Uh, well, he's a nice well, guy. He ends up okay. with a nice thought. Yeah, that was a a, a jump that he did a, f- a few months ago, and this past weekend he finally created his own rocket and he launched himself into space. Himself? That's right. Wow! Mad Mike Hughes, the Rocket Man. Who believes the Earth is flat propelled himself into space? Well, not space. I mean, almost space. Well, not even almost space. He uh, launched himself eighteen hundred feet in the air <laughs> before a hard landing in the Mojave Desert. He told the Associated Press, "Outside of an aching back, he's
0: fine." <laughs> What uh, what were his failures there? I think we should ask him.
1: I'm tired of people saying I chickened out and I didn't build a rocket. I'm tired of that stuff. I manned up and I did it. Yeah, he bought his own land. He's bought, bought his own
5: rocket.
3: He's coming down. He's coming down. I truly hope Mike is okay. Look at that. He's slowing down. He's slowing down. Another parachute. Slow down. Here we go. Oh, Guys, that was perfect. He's done. Perfect. Well done, Mike. Oh, my God. Absolutely amazing. He did it. Success.
1: Guys.
0: Gah. He did it.
1: So you got Tommy Wiseau to do the play-by-play there? Say- is that what that was? Who is that guy?
0: Yeah, I'm like, what is that accent? It's uh, two guys from Noise TV, and the one guy, they show up at the beginning of the video. He's got, like, a mohawk. Looks like the lead singer from uh, Eagles of Death Metal.
1: Okay. So he's Jesse, whatever his name is. Uh, all right, well. They're very excited for him. Am I glad I did it? Yeah, I guess I'll feel it in the morning. I won't be able to get out of bed. At least I can go home and have dinner, see my cats tonight. <laughs> now he got permission to launch on the land owned by Albert Akura. He bought uh, um, Amboy for f- four hundred thirty-five thousand uh, dollars. Amboy, I guess, is like a c- it's, it's like a city, isn't it?
0: I don't know. I that thought I
1: thought, Am- Amboy, but, California, was like the
0: name of his rocket.
1: Um. No, I mean, it says he launched near Amboy, California. Oh, well, so, I
0: guess it is a city.
1: Maybe it is the name of his rocket. But $435,000, I don't know. He was in attendance. He said the event lasted three to four minutes. The rocket landed about 1,500 feet from the launch ramp. Mike branded us as Rocket Town. It was amazing. No, I think this guy owns the town.
0: Was Mike there. miked up I during don't, the launch? No. God, I hope so. So Mike lives in Apple Valley, California.
1: Some people... Very worried about him. Retired NASA astronaut Jerry Lenninger said, well, I hope he doesn't blow something up. And this guy orbited the globe 2,000 times during four months in 1997. Rocketry, as our private space companies found out, isn't as easy as it looks. <laughs> you think? Mad Mike, for his part, said, do I believe the Earth is shaped like a Frisbee? I believe it is. Do I know for sure? No. That's why I want to go up in space. <laughs>
0: Would you want this guy as your neighbor or not want him as your neighbor? Not at I all. I mean.
1: My story is real incredible. It's got a bunch of storylines, the garage built thing. I'm an older guy. It's out in the middle of nowhere plus flat earth. Problem is it brings out all the nuts. Also, people question everything. It's the downside of all this. This is no joke. I want to do it. We got to put him into space. Let's just launch him into space it, yeah, and get rid of is, the flat earthers forever. Is the
0: space program right now? I
1: don't know. I don't you understand. Get this guy in? Yeah. Uh, try to get Mad Mike on. This week, if you can. Oh, my
0: God. That would be great.
1: Yeah, I bet he'll do an interview. I mean, it sounds like he's got nothing else to do except recover.
0: He has to get up really early, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, Missy Matthews, Steelers.com, 915, will be joining us. Val has your news when we come back. More Stormy Daniels? Uh,
0: Yes. In fact, uh, an update after last night's interview. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some food inventions and how much an offensive lineman has to eat. Can you
1: imagine if that Stormy Daniel interview was about anybody else in power throughout time just two years ago?
0: No. (laughs) No. I mean, I would probably totally believe it against uh, Uh, Bill Clinton if the stories came out about him. Totally believe it. Obama would be shocked to hear something like that about him. Yeah,
1: there's no way. He'd be terrified. Michelle would, yeah.
0: But... Clinton, yep, would totally believe
1: <laughs> 100%, no doubt about it. Uh, all right, Val's got your news coming up next.
0: It. It's 37 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Caseda by Lutron Smart Lighting Controls. Moments after her 60 Minutes interview aired, Stormy Daniels received a cease and desist letter from the lawyer for Michael Cohen, President Trump's personal lawyer. The letter from Brent Blakely demanded an apology from Daniels for insinuating in the interview that Cohen was behind the alleged threat that she claims occurred in a Las Vegas parking lot in 2011. Here she is describing that threat. Threat on that 60 Minutes interview last night.
6: I was in a parking lot, going to a fitness class with my infant daughter. I was taking, you know, the seats facing backwards in the back seat, diaper bag, you know, getting all the stuff out. And a guy walked up on me, and said to me, "Leave Trump alone, forget the story." And then he leaned around and looked at my daughter and said, "A beautiful little girl. It'd be a shame if something happened to her mom." And then he was gone.
5: You took it as a direct threat.
6: Absolutely. I was rattled. I remember going into the workout class, and my hands were shaking so much, I was afraid I was going to drop her.
5: Did you ever see that person again? No.
6: But I, if I did, I would know it right away. I'll you'd never forget.
5: To, you'd be able to recognize that
6: person? 100%. Even now, all these years later. If he walked in the store right now, I would instantly know.
5: Did you go to the police? No. Why?
6: Because I was scared.
1: That's, uh, the, that's the part that could come back to haunt Michael Cohen. In a big way.
0: Uh, the letter she got from uh, this lawyer also demands she stop making false and defamatory statements about Cohen.
1: You know, somebody else pointed out, there, it just doesn't make sense the amount of energy he has spent trying to kill this particular story. Because there are so many other ones like it out there. No, Like, his base doesn't care that he cheats on his wife.
0: Well, and the, the Playboy Playmate, that was... According to her, a long like a ten month affair.
1: Right. So he not a
0: one time thing like with Stormy Daniels.
1: Right. Um, But because he's thinking it might violate some clause. Not he might. uh, He he doesn't think this. People are saying he might be thinking this that it violates some sort of specific clause in his prenup with Melania. Mm. I mean, having sex without protection with a woman who's had sex with innumerable porn stars amount of uh, partners and you're you're at home with a newborn and your husband's out having sex with a porn star i mean i'm against that val
0: (laughs) (laughs) in case anybody was wondering
1: i don't i mean the sex doesn't bother me you know it is what it is he's you know he's a dirt bag he's like that that was his persona his entire life um it's just weird the amount of cover-up they're putting into this because who cares So there has to be a reason.
0: Facebook says it only collects call and text message data from Android phones from people who have given the company permission. A report out in Ars Technica suggested the social media giant had been collecting that information secretly. The company is already under fire over Revelations data firm Cambridge Analytica improperly obtained info for millions of users. Well, they've denied this latest report, a statement noted that collecting call and text history is something people have to opt in for with their Messenger or Facebook apps. Ars Technica says Facebook's response contradicts what its staff and readers found – Facebook says it won't sell any of the data it collects this way. And speaking of Facebook founder and CEO Mark Zuckerberg, or you said he's calling himself Zuckerberg?
1: No, some other guy was. Oh. I, I don't know.
0: Uh, He took out full-page ads in paper across the U.S. and U.K. yesterday, and that was to apologize for the Cambridge Analytica privacy scandal. In the ad, Zuckerberg said this was a breach of trust and offered his apologies that the company did not do more at the time. He explained they are now limiting the data that apps get as they'll be investigating every single app that had access to large amounts of data before that problem got fixed.
1: I mean, a little too late, possibly? How would you like to download all of your Facebook data, like, I'm deleting Facebook, and then you find out they recorded all of your text messages, all of your calls, and who you called. Mm -hmm. That's kind of scary. And the thing is, is all these people are deleting their Facebook, and they're like, I'm off this. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm only going to do Instagram. Well, guess who owns Instagram?
0: Yeah, and your information is out there already. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some good news for older workers. Companies are increasingly hiring senior workers in this tight jobs market. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the unemployment rate for those ages 55 and over is 3.2 percent. That's lower than the current unemployment rate of 4.1 percent for the entire U.S. population. The agency protects that, uh, projects that those ages 64 and over will experience the fastest rate of labor force growth by 2025, which I never know how to take that. I don't know how to take it as, ah, that person, good for them, they're out working, staying active, or that person has to work because they can't afford to live on what they're- so sad, yeah. yeah. I don't know what, I I never know what to think.
1: It's, I think, case by case, but, you know, in a lot of instances, they like having something to do. Right, being
0: active and vital and- Uh, We talked last week about foods that began in America that either changed the food industry Mm -hmm. or started a big trend. Chicken and waffles was on that list. Big one. Well, Red Lobster is stepping it up. They're going to offer lobster and waffles. The lobster will be deep fried. The waffles will be made with the batter they make their Cheddar Bay biscuits with. And then you roll (laughs) a little syrup all over it. Uh, it's supposed to be on sale today for a limited time, but I checked their face their, or I check their website and there's nothing on there about it. So,
1: Good, Greg Warren used to have a thing about Cheddar Bay. He like, had a friend drowned in Cheddar Bay. <laughs> uh, lobster waffle. Uh, that sounds like an awful thing that happened in Germany way back in the day.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It might start a new trend just like chicken and waffles did. We'll have to see. On other food news... We either get lazier and lazier, or this is an incredible, incredible invention for convenience. Sliced ketchup is now a thing. No, a company in L.A. created it and just uh, started a Kickstarter campaign. It's not cheap though; the cost probably going to kill them. A pack of eight slices will set you back ten dollars. Right now it's only mail order. They'll ship in June. They don't know if they'll get uh, big enough to offer it in stores. I think that fast food places would. Why? Well, you want to slap it on your burger. Although I I guess they already come with ketchup. So why do you need to do that? They've tried to screw
1: around with ketchup so many times that it never works.
0: Didn't they offer green ketchup? There
1: was green ketchup for a time, which just showed people like, hey, it doesn't even matter that it's red. (laughs) We can get rid of this tomato illusion anytime we want.
0: They didn't use green tomatoes to make it?
1: No, mm. it was just dye. But they had it for a while. Uh, it slices probably not going to work. Also, people like it to have a consistency that oozes.
0: Yeah, it's a, uh, I don't want my ketchup to be chewy.
1: <laughs> oh, che- No, you might as well just eat that skin that forms at the top of your ketchup bottle.
0: Oh, yeah, when you don't clean it off. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Cleveland Browns offensive tackle Joe Thomas retired from football. He's best known for his Iron Man record of 10,363 consecutive snaps without taking a play off. He recently described the extreme measures he had to take to stay so big and durable on the field on days he didn't have games or practice. He still had to eat 4,200 calories. Wow. I can't I don't even know what that. He didn't go into much detail about what 4,200 calories is, but he did say at one time he would take an entire loaf of bread, make it all into peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and wash each sandwich down with a glass of milk. Uh, He also would drink two big glasses of whole milk and a sleeve of Thin Mint cookies, uh, Girl Scout cookies, right before bed to maintain his weight. Oh, that's uh,
1: a lot of sugar before bed.
0: Yeah, now that he's done playing, he doesn't need to weigh 310 pounds anymore. He's already down to 280 and says he wants, he plans on dropping more.
1: Uh, I don't understand all that sugar, but yeah, all right, I guess. 4,200. I think I probably got close to that in Erie on Saturday. <laughs> I'm still hungover from that. I mean, I, I was, oh, really? Oh, it was an all-day thing with my brothers. <laughs> we hadn't been together in a long time, the whole four of us. And so it was just... It was a fiftieth birthday party, but it had like wedding buffet, basically. Oh. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, they run a catering Stuffed service for and... for their livelihood, so they had oh, everything. The best. Yeah. No, they had the they had trays and trays of Chick fil A, like hot chicken sliders. Sandwiches. Oh, yeah, sliders.
0: Oh, yeah, on so, a biscuit.
1: Yeah, I had like ten of those. <laughs> Every hors d'oeuvre that came out, I just kept eating those. Couple of gummy bears, and then there was like a bunch of meatballs, and then uh, tons of dessert. I don't know how they got (laughs) got in there. And then um, I did hot ham and cheese sliders. They had those, which which were actually incredible. And I just kept eating and eating and eating and eating, and I felt terrible yesterday morning. And so I probably
0: had had a food hangover. I had a ton of tater tots. Yes,
1: I haven't had those in forever. They were so good.
0: That's always a good day.
1: But I was dipping it in ketchup. I can't imagine putting tater tots on a slice of ketchup and wrapping it up and eating <laughs> you, it like a ketchup You'd taco. have to make it
0: like an hors d'oeuvre, like Ugh. cut a little square of ketchup and no. and uh, toothpick it through it.
1: Yeah, you can't mess with the texture uh, of yeah, ketchup. I Anyways, I could have been Joe Thomas on Saturday is my point.
0: Uh, and music news, a four-disc Glenn Frey box set is scheduled to be released May 11th. Above the clouds, the collection will feature well over 50 of the late Eagles members' biggest hits, including The Heat Is On, Smugglers, Blues, You Belong to the City, and Soul Searchin' Disc 4 as a live DVD of a 1992 performance in Dublin, Ireland that includes Eagle standards like Peaceful Easy Feeling, Lion Eyes, Heartache Tonight, and Desperado. Hundreds of previously unseen photos of the Beatles' in concert in the U.S. are now in the hands of new owners. A total of about 400 negatives with copyright were sold for over 350 grand at auction this weekend in northwestern England. The photos were taken during the band's performances at the Washington Coliseum in Baltimore Civic Center in 1964. And a 1984 black Mercedes once owned by George Harrison was also sold for over $60,000. Happy 70th birthday to Stephen Tyler.
1: Oh, 70. <laughs> i
0: not Is he the first guy in Aerosmith that hit 70? I think he is.
1: I don't know, but uh, Joe Perry can't be far behind, and he's ripped. I know. I mean, it's spooky. So if he turns 70 and he's still all jacked up like that, he's on HGH. <laughs> I think well, Joe Perry's probably on t- HGH. T- takes a
0: lot out of you to His head
1: does keep getting bigger, now that I think about it. His jaw just gets like more and more Jay Leno.
0: It might be. Uh, concert announcement. So he's
1: celebrating his 70th birthday by going out and doing country music. Yes. Fun.
0: Uh, concert announcement this morning Steely Dan is coming to town Monday, October 8th. That show will be at Heinz Hall. Tickets to the general public go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at livenation.com or pittsburghsymphony.org.
1: So get your dinner reservation for anywhere within 10 miles because that is a crowd of people who are going to go eat dinner and then walk in and see Steely Dan.
0: Sunny and breezy, low 50s for the high today. It is 37 at DVE. you ever
1: seen Steely, Dan?
0: I don't think so. Oh, they're so
1: good. So good. But you have to eat dinner first. Um, Missy Matthews joining us right now from Steelers.com. Hi, Missy. How are you?
8: Hi. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. good Haven't talked
1: to you in a while. How are things?
8: I know. Things are good. I'm down in Florida, so I can't complain.
1: Not bad. Orlando. That, yes. You know, Good weather. You're not uh, dealing with, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh rain that we're going to get here all week. (laughs)
7: Exactly.
1: uh, Coach uh, Tomlin is going to talk to people today. but Yesterday, Kevin Colbert spoke with the media, but specifically, you spent a lot of time talking with him. What do you think his actual stance is on Martavis Bryant? Was that basically, did he throw out a line yesterday to the rest of the NFL? Like, hey, we'll consider moving this guy if you got something for us. Because the way he worded it leaves that open to interpretation.
8: Maybe the way he worded it, but honestly, guys, he said it at the combine and he was reiterating it. It was more of a follow-up question yesterday. Like, hey, I know you said an in indie Martavis isn't on the trading block. You guys, didn't. he said he's still with us. I think he was just <laughs> explaining that before the draft. They do contact all of the other 31 teams just to see, hey, what are your needs? What are you guys looking for? I think that's just typical protocol for the Steelers. I think Martavis Bryan is going to be in the Steelers uniform this season.
3: Do you get any kind of sense what he's worth? Martavis? I mean, does the rest of the, the Steelers have seen him at his best and at his worst? I wonder what the rest of the league thinks of him.
8: Yeah, that is true. We haven't, um, you know, yesterday was kind of different. We talked to Kevin. A lot of people don't get to talk to anybody until today. It's really when things get started. So I'm sure when we're around the other team reporters and even, you know, just the national reporters that come cover the NFL, we can pose that question. But I'm sure based on the rate that he is and in the final year of his rookie contract, there's a lot of teams that would be interested if you get that upside. If you... Missy? Yeah, can you hear me?
1: Oh yeah, did so you cut off there for a second?
8: Oh, sorry about that.
1: Well, let me let's talk about Lev Bell in that situation. It seems okay. to have, he hit the pause button, right?
8: Yeah, Kevin kind of explained it that it's the same thing that happened last year. They tagged him, and at this point, they're focused on free agency, and they're still doing pro days. Kevin's leaving here tomorrow to go to another pro day. Coach isn't done with pro days yet. Those don't really finish up until next week. Um, So they're busy with that in the draft prep. I mean, it's almost April, guys. The draft is a month away. So that's what they're focused on. He still said the goal is a long-term deal with Le'Veon Bell. It didn't work out last year. Will it work out this year? Who knows? I think that's something we're just going to have to stay tuned to. Um, They have told July 16th, I believe, is the exact date to come to that long-term deal. If not, then we'll play the game. Will he show up at training (laughs) camp? Will he show up in the preseason? Will it be week one? Will it be week 10? And Kevin was asked about that, you know, what's the plan if he holds out till week 10? Kevin said we don't have a plan, we're just going to react <laughs> accordingly. So uh,
1: Did that should that people be alarmed by that? Is that did he show his hand a little bit there or something? Is he going to yeah, make think, does, I, can I, I Lev think, Bell kind of tweak him with that a little bit more now?
8: I don't think so. I think that's the sealer stance. They're not going to say, "Well, if he doesn't come till week 10, X, Y, and Z are going to happen." They really do, I think, react as situations unfold. Of course, they. everyone wants him to come to training camp. Everybody wants him to be here, even for the OTAs and minicamp, just to be around the team. I remember after James Conner was drafted last year, he looked so forward to working with Le'Veon Bell. Well, he didn't have that chance in the yeah. offseason. He didn't have that chance at training camp. He had to wait till the regular season.
1: Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I, to make it clear, Le'Veon Bell would be a moron to skip out on those 10 games. A lot of money.
8: Well, yeah, that's like $8 million, I think, so... I wouldn't skip out for that much, would you?
1: No, but he th- he thinks he's the best rapper out there, so he he could be <laughs> banking on some big dollars down the road that uh, may or may <laughs> not come from him in that arena, but uh, he would be a moron. But he's done dumb things before.
8: That's correct, but yeah, no comment on the rapping career, but I, I don't right. think he's going to hold out 10 games.
3: Hey, Missy, I'm going to make you queen of the NFL for one day. Okay. And you get to decide. You you get you get to pick one thing that I'm going to outline here.
8: Okay.
3: Le'Veon Bell has to show up for the first day of camp, and it plays out that way. Or they get the catch rule fixed once and for all, and there's no more what is a catch plaguing <laughs> the NFL. Which which do you pick, column A or column B?
8: Hmm. Based on last year, Le'Veon didn't come to camp, and I think he did pretty good uh, <laughs> considering. So I'm going to go with column B. I would love to not talk about the catch, but I don't think that's going to happen. We asked Kevin Colbert about it yesterday, and he said he's still not sure. Uh, of course, they're trying to clarify it, reduce some of the the language in the catch rule. I think I printed it out. It was like three pages long. Um, so Sounds they like they're really
3: simplifying it then, yeah. That's-
8: Right. Well, they crossed out a lot of things. But even Kevin said, you know, there's a lot of questions still, and they need to watch the tape and really examine it. And that's what their plan is to do here. It's something the competition committee has been working on since the regular season ended. So uh, I'm going to go with the catch roll we'll pursuit.
3: Help me on the, the procedural stuff here. If I'm remembering this right, they will decide to vote on stuff at a subsequent meeting at this meeting, correct?
8: Well, no, the catch could go down. It could go down here. Oh, okay. Um, some talk that if there's discussion about the national anthem, that might be tabled until their May meeting. They really haven't had big general sessions yet, so I don't think we really know. Uh, last year, if you remember, the big thing to come out of the owners' meetings was the move of the Raiders. That happened fairly quickly. In the meetings. It wasn't something they waited till Wednesday to do. I believe they did it on Monday or Tuesday because Art Rudy II is on the relocation committee and he was part of that press conference. So that happened soon. It just all really depends on when they feel they're ready to make a decision. Of course, they need 24 votes to pass something. So I think they kind of wait until they know if they can get it um, or if they need more discussion, more clarification. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of video watching in terms of the catch rule starting this morning.
1: Is there any room for the Steelers to reconfigure Ryan Chazier's contract? Yeah, Kevin. Go ahead. Sorry,
8: go ahead. Well, I
1: was going to ask if they would entertain that at all, if there is.
8: Well, uh, Kevin said it's a possibility, but that's further down the road. Um, He will be on the 90-man roster. I think they are really focused on helping him do everything he can to rehab um, just for sake of life and just being a normal person again and obviously ryan as you guys know has been in the building at the upmc Rooney sports complex pretty much every day mm-hmm. he was timing at Pitts pro day he's really immersed himself not just in getting better physically and mentally but staying a part of football he was one of those guys pursuing you probably know if you're at the practice facility during the regular season ryan Chazier is there at like 6 30 7 o'clock Um, he's in the film room he watches with scouts he watches with coaches he watches by himself he's always getting defensive guys to go in he was just kind of a student of the game to to pull a quote from coach Tomlin and he's taking that same mentality and I think it's helping him through the rehab process of trying to stay connected with football and to stay connected with the Steelers.
3: Missy we've been uh, using a lot of your sound uh, from Kevin Colbert this morning thank you for the uh, fine interview you're
8: welcome there's more to come this afternoon too
3: and we've noticed how much better kevin sounds when there's a catchy music bed underneath
8: <laughs> i you know, did not hear any of that
3: he's not the most dynamic of public speakers but you know <laughs> the way it's presented on the website it's really kind of catchy i'm wondering are the steelers considering playing a sound bed while mike tomlin does his tuesday thing every week to try to jazz that up <laughs> a little bit because that, well, that could use that could use some jazzing up
8: that's probably a Brian Terpac George Gerard Schaefer uh, decision. I, I think that's above my pay grade. You know those guys. You can talk to them Pursuit. up.
3: Yeah, I think you guys might have stumbled onto something here.
1: <laughs> Missy Matthews from Steelers.com. Check it out. Enjoy Orlando while you're there, Missy. Thanks for your time this morning.
8: You got it. See you guys. Have a great day.
1: Okay, we'll see you. Mike's Bye. got a full sports report when we come back. The Pens do it again to the Flyers yesterday. And the Final Four is set. Sports next on D. Sports. Mike Pesuda with your sports right now on DVE.
3: Sports is brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. Let's just kind of pick up where we left off with Missy Matthews regarding that catch roll because to me that is the <laughs> elephant in the room to borrow uh, yeah. a Mike Tomlin analogy. Uh, whether they get that sorted out at this meeting or a subsequent meeting, everybody is praying to God that they clarify that before the start of next season, right? Uh, Judy Batista of uh, NFL Network and NFL.com asked Mike Tomlin, the Steelers head coach and a competition committee member, if the new proposal uh, has fixed the rule, if if the language has been fixed. Tomlin's response, quote, it is. And by fixed, I mean the language. Oftentimes you can sit around like this in a discussion and we all know what it catches. But can you produce language that reflects that regardless of circumstance, I feel really good about the place we've gotten with the language this offseason. According to Washington, according to the Washington Post, the new wording of the rule basically eliminates the survive the ground nonsense. It says that uh, receiver, quote, to be awarded a legal catch must have control of the football with two feet or another body part on the ground inbounds, then must perform a football act such as taking another step or reaching the football toward the goal line or first down marker or must be deemed to have been able to do that. So if you want to go back to the Jesse James play, the act of turning and trying to reach the ball to the goal line would have constituted a legal catch. Des Bryant, which to me is still the best example of of what should have been a catch, but wasn't. I don't understand Dean agreement. trying to do that though. That, that leaves ambiguity. It does. Well, I think they're referencing if a guy just catches it and goes to the ground, uh, there might there are instances sometimes where they don't try to do anything. But if they have possession, they could. So if you're doing if you're if you're diving for a first down on the goal line,
1: yeah, or not the goal line, uh, like on the end line,
3: yeah, the line to make for a first down or the goal. But line. You can't just fumble it there. Well, if
4: apparently, it's in play, apparently you, can't now do that. you can
3: and then now you have to get into whether the ground can cause a fumble or if it's like a runner, if it's just dead right there. I I still think it is open to being totally screwed up. Tomlin adds uh, in his conversation with uh, Judy Batista regarding the Jesse James play, he said that uh, he wished James had turned and run into the end zone instead of diving. And that is an important distinction to remember on that play because If you're a Steeler fan and that's driving you crazy and you feel like you got screwed out of something by the Patriots again, remember this. He didn't have to go to the ground to make that catch. He could have turned and walked into the end zone. The way Jesse James executed that play opened it up to a rules interpretation. It should have been a cut and dried touchdown. And then the way it all played out based on what happened, I I think they got that call right. I think it's a stupid rule, but I think they got that call right. Maybe next year.
1: I disagree, but only because I don't think you can prove that the ball moved out of his hand. Yeah. At the time, you couldn't. The picture that proved it, it did, that it moved without his hand, they weren't using that. That, There is a picture that shows, like, look, the ground hit it and it moved
3: because it could have just moved in his hand if his hand was underneath it. I can't remember what they used, but I'm pretty sure he didn't have control of it. Very sure. Doesn't matter now. Does not. We will litigate that for decades.
1: Trying to think if there's another play in the Steelers' history that went the other way that screwed them that we talk about as much. Oh, that screwed them? Yeah, I mean the Raiders probably talk about
3: the Immaculate Reception. Oh, there's no probably. Yeah, John Madden still PO'd about that. It evens out. Would you give up the Jesse James play for the Franco play?
1: Is that a fair trade? Well, we didn't win the Super Bowl no. after the Immaculate Reception, but it did sort of that was the kick off launch Yeah, that was the Steeler pad Nation. for
3: the 70s. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd make that trade. All right. I'd make the Derek Broussard trade, too. Boy, so, is that uh, starting to look good. Said that at the time, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, Derek Broussard has scored in six games. He's got goals in two of his last three, including one yesterday in a 5-4 overtime victory over the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Broussard finally has his legs back under him, and he's uh, figuring out how to use those legs to play the game the way the Penguins like to play it.
9: I feel like my legs are in there, and I feel like can, I can play at that pace. Uh, the first couple games, uh, uh, when there's emotion and nerves involved, I think it, it can, it can uh, slow down a little bit, but now I feel good. I uh, I feel like I'm I'm playing with more pace in my game. and Yeah, i just playing with a good players, They're trying to make plays, and uh, yeah, it's going well. Broussard opened the
3: scoring for the Penguins yesterday on what became a breakaway at 9.38 of the first period. It was a manufactured breakaway. Connor Sherry just flipping the puck up in the air over a couple defensemen and putting it in a spot where Broussard could get to it before anybody else, and off he went. Here's Broussard talking about all the Connor sherry can do
9: i thought their defenseman was kind of cheating a little bit uh on, on connor and i was coming under with speed so that was a great play by him to just put in the space there so i can skate into it with connor's speed i think he's hunting a lot of pucks he's really hard on the four check and we know the, the talent i feel with uh, with the puck though uh, so yeah i mean it's going well right now
3: are at detroit on tuesday they're at jersey on thursday They'll host Montreal Saturday night in Washington Sunday afternoon. The Penguins are three points behind the Capitals, and the Capitals have a game in hand in the race for first place in the Metropolitan Division. The final four in college basketball is set. It's going to be Loyola of Chicago against Michigan at 6.09 on Saturday, and then Kansas against Villanova at 8.49 on Saturday night. The two winners will meet Monday night for college basketball's national championship. What a game between Kansas and Duke. The Jayhawks win it 85-81 in OT after a Grayson Allen shot. Did everything but go in at the buzzer in regulation. Uh, off the glass, off the rim, rolling around. Which way is it going to fall? Mm-hmm. It just refused to drop into the net. I thought it was over there. I really did. And uh, Kansas uh, takes the ball and runs with it after that. I'm so glad you know it wasn't be. over
1: there. or, or uh, That he didn't get the game winner. Of all people.
3: It's just nice to see it. Hopefully. I, I think it's great to see Duke. Lose. Uh, I think it's great to see Duke get a non call or a bad call. Duke is a school uh, like
1: Notre Dame where they just have way too many people that have no affiliation with the school that are diehard fans for no other reason than they win. Yeah.
3: And that, that drives me nuts. That irks me as well. Uh, I've been on record. I, I, my objectivity with Duke is I need to work on that. When West Virginia played Notre Dame for the national
1: championship and was a 90. I don't even remember the major Harris. Maybe nine. Yeah, my brother was on that team, and one of my cousins is such a diehard Notre Dame fan. Never went to Notre Dame. You know, I don't even know if he finished high school. <laughs> and he was taunting my brother at a family picnic after going, "Ha ha! A bunch of losers, bunch of rednecks." And I'm like, "Are you see? This is why people hate you." Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons we're related. You can't even <laughs> knock it down a little bit. Haha, ha, you lost. Just like what an a-hole. Go- no, I'm not eating any of your macaroni salad.
3: <laughs> College hockey's Frozen Four is set as well. It's going to be Minnesota-Duluth against Ohio State and Michigan against Notre Dame uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota on August the 5th. The national championship will be played on August the 7th. Penn State got beat by Denver, which lost yesterday to Ohio State. And the Pirates beat the Blue Jays 7-4. to In spring training action, they've got their last game in Bradenton scheduled for 105 today against the Phillies. They open the season Thursday in Detroit. I can't wait for that bucko season to get here.
1: Neither I nor the parrot. Nor the parrot. Will be traveling to Detroit.
3: And if we were, we wouldn't be driving.
1: April 7th, follows at Carnegie. I'll be doing the Are You Smarter Than a Crossroads Scholar. Crossroads Foundation is a great uh um uh way for for kids who can't afford a better line of uh academic training right so they get them into some great schools uh these kids who are really deserving and uh this is to help raise money for what crossroads does catholic based uh, initiative here now i'm going to be like doing this like are you smarter than thing i'm going to get my ass handed to me by some <laughs> high school kid you think
3: yeah I think it depends on the categories.
1: Oh, that'll be fine. Crossroadsfoundation.org, If you want to join us, it's the follows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know
0: the categories?
1: No. Oh. But if it's like minutia Mus- in music, classic history, rock, yeah. yeah,
3: I'll be all right. Why people hate Notre Dame for two hundred dollars? That too. Alex. Right. Yeah. I think uh, my money's on yeah. you
1: there. My cousin Dennis. That's why. <laughs> April seventh. It's the follows in Carnegie. We'll see you there.
3: You know it's interesting. I was reading uh, one of the Philadelphia papers, and uh, Peter Mrazek was the goalie at that time. He came mm-hmm. in and relief and he said he was trying to give him blocker side, like faked it that yeah. was open and then take it away at the last second and Crosby went glove side far side, which is the tougher shot. Yeah,
1: no of course yeah, of course Sid went to the tougher side. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, trying try get- to
3: sucker him in and uh, you know, oh you think that's open, I'm gonna take it away at the last minute and he didn't fall for it.
1: Uh Couturier would get the uh the the equalizer there at the end, right? He would. He owed him that one. He had to be so relieved when he got that. But then, of course, Sid engineers the game winner to rust off of his stick. and uh,
3: Very interesting also in said Philadelphia papers. The, uh, now, I wouldn't expect the Flyers to come out and say, well, we just can't beat the Penguins if we play them in the playoffs. We're screwed. But they were very encouraged for what that's worth. We'll see. Number of shots they got, number of hits, number of face-offs, that kind of stuff.
1: One of the uh, great online institutions is over. Craigslist just announced they're killing their personal section. Which means no no more missed connections. No more casual encounters.
0: People were very upset. I got several tweets (laughs) like, this is the end of missed connections. I know.
1: Such a drag. (laughs) Can we save up a bunch? We have, yeah, I mean, there are a bunch. But there's something about, you know doing an ongoing misconnection search to go back in time and rehash. It doesn't have that same quality. Uh, It's because of a law that's steamrolling through Congress with good intentions, but terrible execution. This law is an anti-sex trafficking act, which sounds good and necessary, but the law would go after any website that's used for sex trafficking. Craigslist is one, but really Google, Facebook, and Any comment section could also fall under that definition. So groups that fight human trafficking, former victims, and even the Department of Justice say it's missing the point. Real action needs to be taken to stop human traffickers because going after websites won't stop the traffickers. They're just finding other sales methods, and it could make it even harder to prosecute them. It's
0: like any criminal.
1: Right. Since now, proof will be tougher to find, but Congress isn't known for thinking through on stuff like this considering implications. The goal seems to be, we pass something! So reelect us! And that's about it. So their plan to fight human trafficking is to target every website and not the human traffickers. So, Craigslist personal section is a casualty of that. No more misconnections.
0: Ah.
3: So sad. Reminds me of Mayor Quimby in the monorail episode. Give us a proposal! We'll vote for it! <laughs>
0: You're just not going to be able to wait around anymore.
1: You have to act, folks. You can't, there can't is be missed. No longer. There is no. Or you have to put it on your personal Facebook page or something like that. And that right. just seems creepy. Uh, the DB Comedy Fest is June 29th at the Biome Theater. And we've got such a great lineup. Brad Williams. I had a dude come out to me uh, not too long ago. I was like, oh my God, that was great. Uh, and, and you're a comedian. I had no idea you were a comedian because I love you on Jackass. <laughs> you, yeah, he everyone thinks he's wee man from Jackass. Uh, comedian Rory scovel I uh got the blazer on tonight. Last time I was on TV, my sister said that I didn't dress up enough. Uh, to be fair, I was getting arrested.
3: <laughs> oh gosh, here we are, we're into it now.
1: Here we go, <laughs> he's we're the into best. Zaratiana,
6: so uh. As you can see, I'm still single. (laughs) What? I know
0: uh, I'm in my 30s now And I'm still single So in Los Angeles
6: I'm a commodity But in the south I'm a lesbian
1: <laughs> And of course Your headliner For the evening Bert Kreischer Pay attention When you're driving home You know how the cop Pulls you
9: over And they do that Like that flashlight And all the windows And they distract you And you're nervous And then they're on top of you They're like Do you know why I pulled you over And you're like
1: Oh weed I don't know <laughs> Bill Crawford will join him Now that show Is sold out It sold out in like 48 hours But we're going to be announcing other shows connected to the dve comedy fest main stage and you might get an opportunity to see some of those guys performing on another stage late at night so keep your ears peeled for all the details going on there with the dve comedy fest which of course is brought to you by disaster restoration services south hills auto.com cw electrical services and dawn's appliances want to remind you that a portion of the proceeds Benefits, it's about the Warrior Foundation, and that's coming up in June. All right, thanks uh, very much to Missy Matthews from Steelers.com. Also, Seth Warbaugh from The Athletic. Tomorrow on the show, Billy Gardell will return. We'll have Dan Potash, the birthday boy, Dan Potash, talking uh, pens and uh, Red Wings. We
0: haven't had him on for a long time.
1: And I know, I know. I, I miss having uh, Danny on. So We were overdue for that, so that'll be tomorrow as well. All right, got anything else there, Mike? Nope. No. All right. No more. No more. Stormy Daniels. Think that story's done now, Val? No. All gone? No. I don't know. Mikey Lang calls it yesterday.
2: So the game winner by Brian Rush. He will get it. And the Penguins have won here in overtime after losing Friday night on a Taylor Hall goal. They bounce back and defeat Philadelphia five to four. All four games. The Penguins scored five goals against Philadelphia in beating them four straight this year.
1: That's your final score. There you go. That's the answer. Score five. And we very well could be matched up against these guys in round number one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Could happen. Michelle's coming up next. Could be a lot of other teams too. Yeah, could be. Something just feels like it's going to be Philadelphia. I don't know what it is. It just kind of feels like it's going to be there.
3: you the uh see the Caps at some point, too. And oh, yeah. Kind of take the traditional route. Columbus or Philly, then uh, Washington, then uh, Tampa Bay, and then... Exactly. The finals. Nashville again. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> How about the Golden Knights? trying to do the... Uh, reverse hosa
0: yeah they're doing pretty well
1: i'd like to do the golden knights the reverse hosa that sounds painful
3: it's where you're actually on a team that wins the stanley cup and then you go to the team that that team beat and that team wins the stanley cup
1: i'd like to see that uh penguins golden knights matt murray versus flurry
0: oh that would be for some headlines All right, wishful thinking.
1: Really
3: hope that doesn't happen.
1: (laughs) All right, Michelle's coming up next. Enjoy this last day of sun. Uh, We got about ten rainy and snowy days lined up after this, so get it while you can.